Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Wednesday, December 13th, 2023. Hello again, everyone. Nope, not inside our New York City studio, but certainly there in spirit. I'm over here. Yes, right over here in La Belle Province, beautiful Montreal, Quebec, Canada. I am back home for a quick one and a half to two day stopover before I head off to Orlando for the big uh, Jake Paul Andre August fight on Friday night on DAZN pay per view. It's great to be here with all of you. I'm uh, I'm back in Montreal doing the show here. We were supposed to do the show here twice in April. We did it once, but then there was a power failure, if you recall, and then we had to go somewhere else. It was a whole thing, but it's amazing that we're able to uh, do the show from anywhere. Uh, I'm here in Montreal. The whole crew, let's say hello to the crew. They're all in New York City, workhorses that they are. There they are. They would never miss a day. CGC there, see Crypto, Andy, Mysterious Hand or two. Mysterious and Corporate Alex are very, yeah, they're very shy with the camera time, but they're all there. The gang's all here. And I have to say, I'm, uh, I'm coming at you all in a very sort of nostalgic, a very sort of feel-good mood. Uh, I just came back from speaking to my high school alma mater, Hertzley High School here in Montreal. I spoke to Sec 4 and 5. That's what they call grade 10 and 11 here. Secondary 4, secondary 5. Uh, just spoke to them for the first time at their new building, and it was an incredible experience. And I met a lot of big MMA fans. Who would have thunk it? If I'm being honest, a lot of big uh, Jake Paul, Logan Paul, KSI, and wouldn't you know it, Dylan Dennis fans. A lot of questions about Dylan Dennis. He has broken through, um, but it was a great experience. I uh, loved doing those those things, and it was uh, it was really great to talk to the kids and uh, talk to them a bit about my 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 journey and and my life. And um, when I was sitting in ninth grade in their shoes, reading Sports Illustrated, seeing that uh, Syracuse University is 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 the top spot for uh, sports broadcasters. I mean, the the dream started. Uh, when I was sitting exactly in in their chairs, not in those precise chairs, but you get the point. And so I was just trying to instill in them that they can dream big, that they could go out there, that there's a big world out there, that they should uh, they should shoot for the stars. Um, so it was a lovely experience. And then later today, I'm doing something that I'm really excited about, but I can't talk about it just yet. You'll find out about that very soon. As always, my friends, let's get into things here. I do want to let you know that we are presented by DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season. 
with code VMMAR because life's more fun when you're in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem called 100 Gambler. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. Also, want to let you know that support for this show comes from Cash App. Cash App has the tools you need to make saving easier. Whether you're saving for your next vacation, a new car, maybe you're going to pony up for some good seats for your next event. Reaching your goals, whatever they may be, is faster with Cash App's roundups and offers. That means even when you're not thinking about it, your money in Cash App is building. That's money, that's Cash App. Download Cash App from the App Store or Google Play Store to start saving today. So obviously, guys, we are on the road to UFC 296, the final UFC pay-per-view of the year, what a year it has been, the final UFC event of the year as well. Sometimes there's the pay-per-view and then there's a fight night. I like ending it with the big pay-per-view. And so the final fight of 2023 is going to be, as far as the UFC is concerned, there's a Ryzen event on December 31st. As far as the UFC is concerned, it is going to be Leon Edwards versus Colby Covington for the welterweight title. And this fight, it feels like, is building up steam. They're going to meet with the media today all the main card stars, press conference tomorrow. They're having a seasonal press conference as well, which is fun for the first quarter of 2024. Perhaps we get an announcement about 300. Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, So stay tuned for all of that. It's going to be a fun ride. And of course, a lot of the discussion today will be about 296, but about some other stuff as well. So let's get into it. Back into the show. Speaking of other stuff going on in Las Vegas, it's a fun week in Las Vegas, by the way. If If you're traveling to come watch the great UFC 296 card. May I also suggest that there's the World MMA Awards tomorrow um, in Las Vegas. Unfortunately, I will be unable to attend because uh, I'm going to Orlando for the Jake Paul fight, but uh, hoping that uh, this show wins its award, that MMA Fighting wins its award, and who knows, maybe even I'll win. Um, So thank you to everyone who voted for us. Friday, there's a karate combat event KC43, Karate Combat 43. It's taking place in Las Vegas at the World Market Expo Center. And it's headlined by, get this, this has flown under the radar, if you ask me, Anthony Showtime Pettis and Benson Henderson meeting for the third time. They met almost 13 years ago at WEC 53. Then they met three years later in the UFC. Both of those fights won by Pettis. Of course, the first time Pettis with the Showtime kick, the second time with the armbar in Milwaukee. What a scene that was. They meet now for the third time in karate combat, 170-pound fight, five rounds, trips and throws are okay, no takedowns, four-ounce gloves. Going to be fun. Sam Alvey on the card as well. Anyway, I say all this to let you know that both Benson Henderson and Anthony Pettis are going to join us at the exact same time at 4 o'clock in the same room, an old-school face-to-face. I'll be here They'll be in Las Vegas. The two frenemies will be together on the program. I'm looking forward to that very much. By the way, how's our connection doing, uh, Frank? We we looking good? We feeling good? We sounding good? Solid as a rock? 10 out of 10. Man. Last time I asked you if we were solid, you were like, yeah, you're okay. I'm happy to hear that we're doing better. that was a while ago. Yeah. Um, Well, okay, so that's on Friday, Karate Combat. Uh, and that's at uh, 1 o'clock. We'll have them, excuse me, 1 PT, 4 Eastern. Prior to that, we're going to have Dave Lavelle, who's the head coach for Leon Edwards. Everyone knows Dave at this point. Head man over at Renegade. Renegade's been in the news as of late, right? 
but you know him from Don't Let Him Bully You, Son. I rewatched that clip, by the way, the second round, third round, fourth round mashup. Oh, my God. Second Kamar Usman fight, Utah, August of 22. It's just, it's, it's one of the greatest inspirational MMA video clips moments of all time. So Dave is going to stop by to talk about the Leon Edwards, Colby Covington fight. Uh, three o'clock, we'll get the picks from the boys. Talk a little more about 296. The man who will be challenging for the flyweight title at UFC 296 this weekend in the co-main event against the relatively new champion, Alexandre Pantoja. Brandon Royval is going to stop by at 2.30. So we'll talk to him from Las Vegas. He's the man going for that flyweight belt, 125-pound belt on Saturday. Khalil Rountree, who we spoke about a lot on Monday, who had the big win over Anthony Smith. He'll join us at 2 o'clock, talk about where he goes from here. I suspect he's going to have a big 2024 and we're going to try to get to the bottom of this Alex Pereira fight. And Marab Dualishvili, who you may have found out yesterday, officially announced by the UFC, going up against Henry Cejudo in the co-main event of UFC 298, February 17th, Anaheim, California. That's a solid two-pack of fights. Alex Volkanovsky, Ilya Teporia, Cejudo, Marab, two Georgian-born fighters. I mean, the biggest night in the history of Georgian MMA. Uh, that's going to be a great scene. Anaheim, February 17th. We'll talk to Marab at 140. But as we like to do on Wednesdays, my friends, we like to shoot on Wednesdays. We like to answer your questions. And I have to say, I took a gander at the questions last night. I love these questions. The, the, this might be the greatest collection of questions we've ever had. So no pressure, Frank. Time now for everyone's favorite segment of the week. It is t- It's time for a good old-fashioned Q&A, yeah. MMA fans. Frank, did you see the one guy who posted the, the mashup of the, the man himself, DC Ariel and Helwani holiday shoutouts? Live from the Box Studios yep. in beautiful New York City. It's okay, now now I'm starting to question if you and actually now, look at the question. One guy deep deep Get into the questions posted. He said, "Frank, this is isn't for Ariel to Ariel read on the air, but this Helwani. is for you and the guys who may not have watched DC and Helwani back in the day." This is a mashup of all the holiday shoutouts, the random holiday shoutouts. This, there was like three video, three views on this video. I couldn't believe this guy had, I think, every single one. It was like a 10-minute clip. It was amazing. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, go to the Substack page, go into the comments, and search for it there because uh, whoever this gentleman is, thank you for doing that. It warmed my heart. I sent it to DC as well. Uh, it was a nice little homage to the show. You really didn't see it, Frank, huh? I mean, it was right there. i it back up now. Hmm. I was there. I said, "Don't don't show this area." Any, any chance uh, you get a different list than me? Nope. Uh, let's start off with uh, Trevor North, Lord Ariel, and crew. Question for you all: When watching, covering, and discussing fights, which do you prefer between a long, drawn-out fight of the year candidate, where the fight could be scored either way by decision or a highlight reel knockout that will compete for knockout of the year at the end of? the year award ceremony. Ariel, which one do you prefer? Oh, okay. So he's saying, which do you prefer between... I, I never sit down and say, oh, I hope this one goes the distance. I hope this one is, uh, you know, a 10-second knockout. As long as it's quality, it's quality. Quality could come in many different ways. It could be a great submission. It could be an early knockout. It could be a long, drawn-out affair. It doesn't really matter to me. He asked, Ariel, which... When do you prefer interviewing between the winner of a razor close war versus interviewing a fighter that performs a KO of the year candidate? Again, it doesn't really matter. It, it, it more depends on the personality of the person. I'll tell you, I'm always interested in when the loser comes on 
because that's a different perspective. They're not riding the high and you're always kind of curious as to how they deal with it. So those actually interest me probably the most. Um, but I, you know, as long as it's a great fight and it's a great personality, it doesn't really matter. He continues, New York Rick, which highlights gain more social media interaction? I'm assuming you're just going to say the same thing, right? It doesn't really matter. It, it just it depends on how big the fight is and the personalities and whatnot, right? Well, no, I would say definitely the highlight real KO, right? It's hard to encapsulate on social media a back and forth five round war. You're going to okay. get more cracks at it, potentially depending on what the exchanges are. But social media is meant for those kind of digestible knockout submission moment type highlights. So I would say those are actually definitely the way for social media just because of the the thing of the platform. But it kind of speaks to what you're talking about. A story can be told in 10 seconds or it could be told in five hours. Like it really, you know, a good story is a good story. So whatever the, the story is of the fight, if it's a really quick KO and that propels somebody forward into something even greater than that's Conor McGregor versus Jose Aldo, the impact of that 13 second KO uh, or 12 second, according to Connor, is way bigger than like some of the best back and forth wars. Now, are those going to be more significant than other like flash KOs? Yeah, probably. So it really just depends on what, you know, what the story is of the fight. But for social, it's definitely those quick ones. Um, we were, we were testing the show before and I was telling Fran, I'm bringing the fourth wall here because there's no other way to communicate. Uh, that was saying that the audio was tinny and whatnot. In the midst of New York Rick's answer, something just like clicked and it completely changed for the better. Oh. I don't know if you did something. You but changed, thank you to cleared whomever. your ears a little bit, or yeah, it was probably that. It right, was cool. it was me. I just I just hit the button well, and uh, we're good. That's now. all we it was needed. Me. Uh, GC is a gambling man. Which kind of fight gets your blood pumping when you have stakes in the fight? What kind of fight? Like. Uh... Are we just talking about like a back and forth war? Are we talking about like a specific type of bet here? Well, championship bouts. Very possible you didn't listen to the question, and that's fine. I mean, you don't usually get tagged in this early. By the way, thank yeah, you for the Hanukkiah. Yeah. That's very kind of you. Great the question. Nice. Lights. Uh, uh, lights correct. He, here? Oh yeah. What are we at? Seven. Yeah, I believe so. Well, seven would be tonight, so technically we haven't lit them yet, so it should All be right. six. Here, let me let me go ahead and put that one candle out then. That'd be <laughs> no, now we're blinking. Now we're going on air. There we go. Let's one, see. Two, one, three. two. Yep. 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 Right there. Yep. Nailed it. Tonight, Flips? sundown. By this? the end of the show, uh, it should be. It should be. We start with the right, and then we move our way back. All right. So this is the one. Yep. That's a thousand percent it. And uh, right. by the end of the show, when sun comes down. Nailed Make it. Sure yeah, all right. So around four o'clock. When I'm doing the bets, we'll yeah. have uh, we'll we'll light the seventh. Yeah. It'll be a good moment. Basically, he's asking when when you have money at stake, what do you prefer? A long drawn out fight? Oh, or okay. All right, fight? all right, all right. So this is I thought this was a whole new question. I'm sorry. Uh no, I, no. I'm assuming you just want the fight to be over, right? Yes. Like 10 I want seconds. the fight to be over and yes. I want my guy to win as fast as possible. I mean it's fun when Frank you is, when when it's long and drawn out and you win. I mean that's that's a really fun thing to go through. But yeah, I mean if I if I could choose, yeah, I'd rather I'd rather watch my guy win in five seconds than than go all twenty five. And then Frank is a fan of the sport with the with no horse in the race. What do you prefer? <laughs> um I also like the quick finishes. They're they're fun. You can relive them over and over again. 
Um, but there is a, uh, a thing about getting your heart rate up while you're watching a fight go the distance and you're curious how it's going to end. So, yeah. But if I had to choose, go with the highlight. There's all kinds of great fights, right? There's Robbie Lawler versus Carlos Condit. There's uh, Connor knocking out Aldo. By the way, eight years ago yesterday, um, and everything in between. There, I mean, Pettis, 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 and and Bendo. The first fight was incredible. It was 25 minutes. The second fight was relatively short and also a great fight. Although the first fight is probably remembered more, especially for the Showtime kick. Glover Carlos, versus Glover versus Yuri is one that was like mm. my favorite fight ever, and that was very drawn out. But it was incredible. Yeah, and it ended in a finish. That was like when as good as it gets. Yeah, especially because the finish was so unexpected, right? Like yeah. I thought, and late, so late, last minute. Yeah, the submission. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy. That's the one that you posted the picture. It was like, imagine telling someone that this fight ends in a Yuri submission because like ten seconds later, right? Oh Isn't yeah, no, one? it was the uh, it was the two photos and it was like twenty three seconds apart and it was yeah. like Glover on top of Yuri and then the next one is him walking away from Glover on the ground finished yeah. and now he's yeah, champion. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Carlos, hello Ariel. Two questions, if I may. If Leon Edwards beats Colby Covington, what do you think is next for him? Hmm. Uh, that is a great question. I hope he's fighting back home in the UK. There's some talk of Manchester and other places like that. As far as who could be next, um, I feel like it should be it should be Bilal, right? I mean, that's the fight. Uh, there's a story there. There's a backstory there. You know, Shavkat, if he wins spectacularly, there's going to be some momentum. But I feel like the fight should be him versus Bilal. Um, their first fight ended in an eye poke. Uh, Bilal has not lost since. Um, it just feels like that's the one. And, and you know, I get why some people cut the line. I get why some people get title shots before others. But there has to be some sort of meritocracy. Otherwise, this whole thing crumbles. And even though he may not be the most popular one, and because Hamzat has left 185, and obviously Hamzat, excuse me, 170, now he's at 185, and he's also injured. There's really no other guy knocking on the door. Shafkat Is isn't at the point of Hamzat. Is there a world where Ian Gary gets it with the most spectacular performance of his career? It would be a bigger fight, especially in the UK. There's no doubt about it. But I don't feel like you need to to rush it. It would be a bigger fight. Um, I mean, the Ian Gary story continues to get bigger and bigger, and you know, I'm I'm very curious to see how they how they receive him. If he smokes Vicente Luque. Leon's in a great spot, by the way, because he's got like these these built-in storylines with two guys, not to mention everyone else. But uh, I, I don't think they do it next. I, I think they, they give him one more, maybe one in Ireland, one more big fight, and then they have him fight. Don't you agree? Doesn't that feel like the right thing to do? It, it feels like the right thing to do. And also timing-wise, like Bilal's been sitting. <clears throat> you know, it's, it's time to get him a fight. <clears throat> yeah. And I he agree. deserves it. And he deserves it. He continues, since Christmas is coming up, I was wondering how it works around your household. Do your kids have a wish list or do you just surprise them with gifts you think on your own? Any gifts in mind for them this year? Greetings from Portugal. Well, you may not know this, uh, Carlos, but I am in fact Jewish. Uh, and so while I love Christmas and I grew up loving Christmas, in fact, uh, I had the Time Life Treasury Christmas four or five CD set. And I used to listen to that thing in July when I would drive around town. Love Christmas movies, love the lights, love the spirit, love the significance, love what it represents, love that it brings people together, families together, love the tradition, love everything about it. But because I'm Jewish, I don't 
uh, celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Hanukkah, as we just talked about. Um, and as the great Adam Sandler once said, instead of, you know, one day of presents, we get eight crazy nights. Now, our family doesn't do the eight nights of presents, two or three, and we've already given them the presents, and we uh, we gave them the PS5, which was a huge hit for the kids. Um, my daughter got this American Dream doll, got them some games, got them a couple of hoodies from Nike, and then that was pretty much it. I, th- I, I, I heard them say this was the best year of presents yet. So I feel pretty happy about it all. But um, no, I've always dreamed of having the come down the stairs, presents under the tree thing that I see on TV all the time. But, uh, you know, we don't celebrate. Even though I feel like we kind of should celebrate Christmas. Jesus was a Jew, as we all know. But, you know, that's a a complicated one. King of the Jews. Great questions, by the way. Oh, fantastic. Feliz Navidad as well. Uh, Floyd. Hi, Ariel, Frankie, GC, and Rick. Floyd from Montreal here. Hello, Floyd. We're in the same town. With the latest expos from Tom Brady. Oh, my God. It was all a dream. Regarding his career with the expos in an alternate universe, how would you rate on a, one, on a scale of 1 to 10 the possibility to see a baseball team in Montreal in the next 10 years? Hoping to cross paths here since I'm kind of your next-door neighbor. Happy Hanukkah to you and the family. Um, GC, you saw this clip? Uh, saw it, watched it eight, ten times over. I mean, it was a masterpiece. It was so well made. I think I've watched it, I mean, I don't even know how many times. And every time I watch it, I see these other little Easter eggs. The music, the bar, the clippings. You see Vladimir Guerrero and Larry Walker and Pedro Martinez sitting in the back there. Um, and yesterday was like some Tom Brady day, I guess, because 12-12. Michael Rubin and Tom Brady in some bizarro universe are the only ones keeping the memory of the Expos alive. I don't really know why. I'm so thankful that Tom Brady got drafted by the Expos because had he been drafted by the Rays or something like that, I don't know, you know, none of this would have happened. And people are talking about the Expos on a random December day in 2023. A part of me like feels sad about it, but also amazing about it. I feel I'm, I'm looking at this and they're talking about him getting seven uh, World Series rings and what could have been. And then they have the thing where Eli shows up and he does the quote retweet wearing the Giants jersey and the two. They are brilliant. That was that was marketing at its finest. Marketing for, I think, one card that they're coming out with that will be signed by him, a Topps card. It was all for Topps. Rick, did you see this clip? I did. I'm a big fan of uh, what Fanatics has been doing in terms of yeah. you know distribution and stuff. So I kind of try to keep my eye on a lot of stuff going on. The creativity was, was, was next level. My only question is, did he go to the Rays to win his seventh ring? Oh, wow. That's I wish they had touched shout. on that. I mean, the fact that they talk That's about a... the comeback against Atlanta, the Giants fits perfectly. Oh, yeah, you're right. That would have been great, yes. Um, can I be honest with you? I didn't even put the Atlanta thing together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did a good Oh, don't worry, GC did. G- yeah. GC will never forget. 684 home runs. How many touchdowns he had. Oh, wow. That's great. See, you you yeah, went yeah, deeper yeah. than me. I was looking for <laughs> oh, the yeah. Montreal Easter eggs. Wow. The music wow. in the background. Oh, yeah. When the Expos would score, they would sing Valderi, Valdera. So the music in the bar is like... Dun, 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 dun. It was great. They must have had Montreal people involved in that because there's too many details there that only a Montreal sports fan would would know and appreciate. It was brilliant. 
It, it really God, was. God, was great. The, the, the creativity, the execution, and then actually having Brady in the commercial just made it that much better. And Vladdy and, and, and Walker and Pedro. Anyway, the question is 1 to 10. I don't know, man. Is, is there a world where, like, Ruben and Brady just love Montreal so much that they're going to help bring the Expos back? Is there a world where... I feel like I Brady keeps doing so. this. He, he keeps playing on the Montreal thing, right? It would be amazing. The only thing I'll say on the Ruben part is obviously now he's removed himself from uh, sports ownership, right? Like that yeah. is that is something he's already like kind of thought about as fanatics continues to evolve. So I doubt he's that front facing of it, if it's if at all. Um, but I could see a world where enough powerful people team up, including Tom Brady, that it that it happens. That it seems like the appetite is there, especially with with. Clearly, to your point, right, they involved people who know what this is and, like, they care about it. If you can get fans to to see that you care about it, then I think they'll be all behind it. Not dissimilar to, like, what we've seen with the, the football clubs. You just need the, the passionate kind of front man, and I think you can make it happen. Oh, my God. There was a push a couple of years ago for Stephen Bronfman, who's the son of Charles Bronfman, who was the original owner of the Expos, to bring them over. And then they had this whole thing where they wanted to do like a split season with Tampa, which I thought was a ridiculous idea. It would never I remember which that. player I remember would be okay that. with that. No player would be okay with that. Who wants to split their time anywhere? Um, if you're if you're a pro ball player and, and no one else has to do it, but that would be incredible. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be positive, Floyd, and I'm gonna say we're at a solid eight here. Okay. People don't realize there's a rich history of baseball in Montreal dating back to the Montreal Royals and Delormier Downs, the AAA ball club of the Brooklyn Dodgers where the likes of Roy Campanella and Tommy Lasorda and Pee Wee Reese and some young man named Jackie Robinson uh, once played for. And Jackie in his later years said that the one city that truly accepted him as uh, one of their own was Montreal. Uh, He and his wife, Rachel, adored Montreal. So I'm going to hold out hope that Montreal gets a team. That would be incredible. Bring uh, bring back the Expos and bring back the, the Hartford Whalers. Need them uh, back, in the, dun, back in the game. Dun, what was the song? Dun, dun, um, dun, dun, oh, man, how does the song go? Uh, Brass Bonanza. You know Brass Bonanza? No. Come on, you don't know the was Brass Bonanza? Was that Rick, their goal song? That was their goal song. It was one wow. of the, the greatest songs. Brass Bonanza. Rick, you know Brass Bonanza? Never heard of it. This is what they played when they scored goals. Yeah, sure enough, here it is. It's one of the great. It's one of the great songs in the history of hockey. Yeah, Hartford needs a professional sports team. That would be great. El Peruano, Volk's interview last week was inspirational. You do so well getting the best of fighters, even after a loss. What post-loss interview stands out to you? above the rest. Mine was DC after getting KO'd by Jones. He kept saying he had to win enough to get back. Amazing stuff. Gracias. Yeah, that was a great one. I mean, honestly, top of the mind right here, Ben Askren after getting KO'd by Jorge Masvidal. Ben Askren came on the show on the Monday after the Masvidal KO. Like, the most embarrassing moment of his career, life. He comes on, faces the music. That was a crazy episode. Remember that, Rick? Uh, Askren comes on and, and Masvidal coming on with the um, the pancake syrup. And he was living yep. large. He was in the hotel and he's like pouring the... He, he was pouring the syrup like right here in front of the camera. And it was just like dripping. But you could just feel like this guy knew that his life had just changed. Um, Top of the world. That was incredible. Is he, I, is that, he coming in really, studio? 
I was just going to say on Askren, that one I think really changed how people felt about him when he was willing to face the music on that the way he did. I think it yeah. really like helped him in a, in a major way. That clip got 2 million views, I think, in 24 hours. That was nuts. Um, Izzy, Izzy showing up after losing to Alex was incredible. Not only did he did he do the interview, he showed up in studio. So yeah, those are very memorable, and I always really appreciate when guys show up after big... We were just talking about this on Monday. Remember Sage Northcutt getting submitted by Brian Barberina? He showed up and faced the music on the Monday after when everyone was ripping on him. Remember that? And uh, one that I will always say will forever impress me was the last interview that I ever did for Fox Sports in the locker room, right outside the locker room hallway, UFC 196, Connor loses to Nate Diaz, faces the music. The whole thing crumbled down. And you remember how he handled that? Showed up to the post-fight press conference in the suit, faced the music, said, I'll be back. And uh, he eventually returned and, and beat him at 202. Those, 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 that's when you really fall in love with those fighters. That's when you really get to see a window into their soul, who they are. It's easy to be, you know, brash and all that when you win. But I fall in love with fighters in those moments because you see how they handle this and how they build themselves back up. It's, it's, uh, it's incredibly inspiring. French Joe. Hello, Ariel on the team. I thoroughly enjoy your Premier League insights. Wow, guys, we found the one guy who likes our Premier League thoughts, especially the hilarious fan reactions who cannot help but acting as the OG. Just curious, what are your current top three players in your top three football memories? Also, is there a fantasy league recap planned by GC? I recently broke into the top 200 and would love to know if you and GC are continuing to play every week. Greetings from France. Allez les bleus. Uh, I will say on the fantasy front, I did the two leagues. I did the draft and I did the one where like everyone gets to pick from the same pool of players. I did the draft with my kids. Shockingly, as we approach mid-December, I'm still updating my lineup in the kids' pool because I feel like that's the one where there's real skill involved. I have to find people available on the waivers. I've got to set my lineup. I have Mo Salah. No one else has Mo Salah. I have... Morgan Gibbs White. No one else has Morgan Gibbs White. Um, I like that. The one where everyone gets to pick from the same people, like everyone has Holland, everyone has these guys. So I've kind of fallen off the other one, um, but I am sticking with the the draft one, which I understand isn't as popular in Europe, but here in America, that feels more popular. It's more part of the culture. Uh, GC, is there a recap and update of sorts on the draft? And are you keeping up with it? Uh, trying to, not very good at it. You said it doesn't take much skill. I think it actually takes more skill when you can pick, when everyone has the same players available to them. Right now, our man Corbo City, Corbin Vaughn, currently in first place with 1,025 points throughout the season. Just to give you some perspective here, I'm at 694. I am currently ranked 1,744th in our league. A lot of members in that one. Uh, and then next up, Nicholas... Can't can't even give a give this one a go. This last time a go. Enzo Ferrari is his, his name though. And then to finish it out in the top three, Hollandaise sauce. But it's you know obviously <laughs> Erling Holland. Uh, he has one thousand twelve points. So it's a tight race at the top. Uh, and obviously you know the winner of that will get a we'll give him a jersey. All that we'll give him a big celebration. It'll be great stuff. Um, love that. Uh, I am locked in. You know, to Premier League or to your fantasy team. No, Premier League, to answer the previous question. Um, huge draw on the road against Wolves on Saturday. You know, did I text the group and no one wrote back to me about it? Sure. 
Did that deter me in any way? No, absolutely not. Because I'm Touch here busy, as said time and again. What's Touch that? Busy. Someone Touch busy on Saturday. Actually, I said it would be nice if Frank, who hasn't responded to the group since, you know, 1948, September. would respond. And lo and behold, he did not, re- he, he did not let me down. He did respond. Um, what were you so busy doing on a Saturday? You know, I what were you so do. busy doing? Hard things to do, you know? Busy <laughs> man. He, I mean, Stevie Cooper's back. He was against the wall, and he freaking, you know, he pulled it out. A lot of people think his time is done regardless. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if the draw against Wolves keeps him. On the road, away points are virtually impossible to grab. I mean, we um, needed points because, I mean, all we were doing was losing. We were just getting we're getting. What about, you know, Spurs coming home? On uh, Friday at the world-famous city ground, 3 o'clock kickoff. Brandon's first game back, so it's going to be very emotional. Um, my, fa- I would say my favorite player in the Premier League is Brandon Johnson, without a doubt. Um, I love Anthony Alanga. They sing, rhythm is a dancer, Anthony Alanga. Love the songs. Uh, really enjoyed him. I like Sun on Spurs as well. I mean, I can name a bunch of the Harry Toffolo was great. Nico Williams, what a what a game on on Saturday, unbelievable. Like Matt Turner, of course, great to see him back inside the pipes, between the pipes. Um, if I had to pick someone in the world right now that I really enjoy is Jude Bellingham. You know, are we friends? You know, like you be the judge. You know, I don't want uh, DM here and there, but like he's just so incredible to watch, and I think he's just twenty, which blows my mind. Obviously, love the Canadian guys, Alfonso Davies, Jonathan David, etc. Um, my one of my favorite memories was beating Arsenal in May. I was at the Katie Taylor Chantel Cameron fight, and uh, a one he scores, and that was the game to keep us up last May. And calling my son Walter, and he was texting me, and that we were staying up. Oh, it was great. Tears were flowing. I, I was legit emotional about it because it meant, as I said last year, another season of getting to watch together. So I'm all in. Love it. I'll I'll watch a a a Brentford Bournemouth game over a Arizona Cardinals New York Jets game. Wow. I'm more into the random game. I'll, I'll watch a I'll watch a, a Sheffield United Burnley game over Pelicans Magic at this point. Although Magic oh, are really yeah. fun, Be, yeah, easily. You know, does the games mean more? Yeah. What about I'm a big Tommy Ollie DeVito? Watkins? You see, I love Ollie Watkins. I love Ollie Watkins. Over there, oh, I mean, we Villa. have a lot of favorites. Class. Class. Uh, uh, it's complete class. Um, I mean, I could go team by team. Trent Alexander-Walker is tremendous. All I know is that Man United are in the bin. I mean, you see this sad sack franchise. I, I, uh, I gave as, my as a Manchester guy. Friday. It's upsetting to see. It's upsetting to see. Nah, it's fine. I gave my prediction. I said Eric Ten Hag doesn't make it past this season. In, in, in the summer, he goes. But what? My other favorite story right now is the Tommy DeVito story with his agent. You see this agent? Yeah. This guy's the. <laughs> This guy's incredible. <laughs> I can't get enough of this guy. He's not playing a character. He's unbelievable. Yeah, I it's know. Great I mean, the, the outfit is like the most ridiculous outfit. And now there's like a bunch of pictures coming out of him just in like more and more Italian outfits as it goes it's by. Amazing. And then he's, he's kissing DeVito's dad on the cheek after yes. he makes a good play after they win. Cutlets. Uh, oh, <laughs> tell me cutlets. Uh, it's great stuff. Just to uh, just to balance out the Premier League love, I know we got I know we got a little shout out there. Uh, last week we had a lengthy discussion, you know, involving Stevie Cooper, obviously Forrest playing while we were on the air. I got a great message on Twitter that was like, "Thank God, thank I, I'd love to kiss whoever created the skip button uh, on the lips because I can skip through you guys' Premier League discussion." I was like, "Great man, thanks for listening. <laughs> Appreciate it." Oh yeah, no, I know. I mean. 
Come on. JC, I, I said that in confidence. You weren't supposed to share that. Oh, wow, 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 wow. We're giving you like nine to ten hours, okay? Can you give us a break? Um, need more Frank. Multiple Ks. Much love, AJ and crew. Shout out. I will never forget the kick heard around the world. I scream pound for pound, headshot dead for weeks. Plus the interview with Tim and him crying. Oh, Tim Simpson, that was great. This is by far the greatest sport. Do you or the crew have any other MMA moments that touched you in a similar way? I mean, golly. The first one that like really touched my soul was GSP beating Matt Hughes at UFC 56. I've said this story a bunch of times, me being in Montreal, Champ Sports Bar, everyone explodes. I'm like, that's the sport. I need to be a part of it. Now, Leon was up there, man, and reliving some of that stuff now. And a lot of people send me messages about, you know, Eric and GC poo-pooing that moment last uh, last no, Monday. With, no, you know, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. A lot That's of not what happened. And I'm not going to stand for it. We're not going to We're not going to pretend that Leon Edwards, the who moment. the UFC, actively uh, yeah. refused to give a title shot, had this huge fan base that was clamoring for him to do something. Didn't happen. Did not happen. The pe- that was, that Everything was for him happened moment. post-head kick. Everything for him happened post-head kick, which was what a moment. truly one of the best moments in MMA history. Oh, so good. But yeah, I will not be besmirched. I will not, uh, that will not hang on me. Yeah, I'm with Is Rick there a moment that one. made you emotional? Uh, I really am with Rick on this one. I don't know. Um, what... I, I was trying to think back. Not re- I'll tell you the moment that got me the most excited or like, energetic or whatever one way or another it was brock Mir subbing shane carwin and wow. the lone reason is i had a, a grip of money on brock lesnar <laughs> and when he won i lost my my head i i would think i watched it at a hooters and uh <clears throat> i maybe That's did insane. six laps around That's the parking story. lot dying absolutely dying i could not believe that we pulled that off me and brock yeah he was, uh, he was almost done. And then he got that arm triangle. That was one of my favorite done. moments because, yeah, he was done. Um, shout out to Josh Rosenthal for letting that go. This day and age, yes. it would have been done. You know. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Um, well, that was one of my favorite moments because remember all the guys, the WWE guys were in the front row, Goldberg, Paul Heyman, Stone Cold, and I got to go down the line and interview all of them afterwards. It was amazing. Um, what about you? It probably GC was when Iron Turtle lost last week. I mean, yeah, you want to talk about emotional, yeah. I, when Iron Turtle got robbed, when he got robbed blind by the judges over there at the Apex, that was pretty emotional. Uh, the Adesanya getting the belt back and the bow and arrows, that was pretty crazy. Uh, not really emotional, just kind of crazy. O'Malley becoming champ, that was also crazy. Uh, more so just like the craziest moments. DC winning the belt for the first time was pretty damn great. Yeah. And For of me, course, I don't, Tommy's I don't even. Tommy's. I was gonna say, I, w- I don't even need to ask Frank. You were, you were probably gonna say Jake Paul beating Nate Diaz, right? Clearly, when I was saying Tommy, I actually meant Jake Paul beating. <laughs> I, I, right. I think it's the Jake Paul Andre August press conference that you'll hear me oh, shouting yeah. around the world. That happened already. Didn't that just happen? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, Did it happen? No one knows. That's yes. the thing about it. I'm gonna be there, guys. Hey, but by the way, what a broadcast crew they've assembled! I had no idea. I knew I knew that Kenobio and Wade and um, Grisham were there. T Wood in the house. Shout out Chantel Cameron in the house. Shout out. That's gonna be fun. Looking forward to it. Um, yeah, that's gonna be great. Also added uh, by Frank here is the word meow under this comment. So, oh, do it again. Meow. Yes, Brandon. Hey, Ariel. I just heard 
your friend Peter Rosenberg shout you out on the radio, and I'm happy to report that he and his co-host Don LaGreca, oh my God, two New York legends, radio legends, multimedia legends, and nothing but great things to say about you. Well, that's very nice to hear. Uh, I like them both very much and respect them. ESPN Radio New York rarely, if ever, mentions MMA, but I'm not surprised old Helwani got a shout out. Thank you and the crew for everything. Keep up the excellent work. Oh, thank you for that, Brandon. I appreciate it. Uh, let's squeeze in one more. Dustin H. Hello, Ariel. GC, New York Rick, and Imperious Frank. This question is for you, Ariel. I've heard you mention that you love Louis Theroux and would really like to meet him. Golly, would I like to meet him. These days, by the way, at night, I'm just watching old Louis Theroux clips. The AJ one is just amazing. I hope you guys have had a chance to watch it. It is amazing. If you did get to meet him, what would you want to ask him? Do you have any favorite documentaries of his? Yes, I love the one when he tried to become a pro wrestler and he went to the WCW power plant in Georgia with Sarge back in the day. There's also a great one when he uh, lived at a brothel in Las Vegas way back in the day as well. I don't know what I would want. I just want to tell him I respect him and admire him and look up to him and appreciate him. I, I would love to interview him, but like just upon meeting him, I would just say those things. What do you think makes him such a good journalist, documentary maker? He is inquisitive. He is a little bit quirky. He asks really good, concise questions. Um, he's just a fun guy to watch interact with people. Like Again, like his interaction with AJ was great. And he was asking AJ things about his personal life that some people don't have the, the balls to ask or the, the courage. And he does it in a very disarming, inquisitive, innocent way. It's a, it's a beautiful style. Um, in fact, if I could share this, I, I was at the HBO Real Sports uh, rap party two weeks ago. The, you know, the, the, the show is coming and going. And um, I, I, I saw someone there who was an editor and he came up to me. He's British. And he told me that he edited the bird watching story that I did for HBO Real Sports. And I was like, that's incredible. And he said, you know, I don't know if you know who this guy is, but um, I turned to the producer when I was editing your stuff and watching your stuff for all those hours and, uh, and said to them, this guy reminds me of Louis Theroux. And I was like, get out of here. There's no way. I, I'm awesome. telling you, man. He said, you're the first American broadcaster that I've ever met that has a similar style to Louis Theroux, who he said, I think is the best. And I told him that was giving me chills and that it was the best compliment that anyone could ever give me. Um, Louis Theroux, Howard Cosell, Howard Stern, Walter Cronkite. I mean, that might be the Mount Rushmore right there for me. Um, so yeah, I think he's incredible. Finally, have you heard of another British investigative journalist called John Ronson? I'm sure you would love him too. I haven't, and I will look him up. Thank you. Thanks for all the content. P.S. Do you not think that New York Rick Sounds a lot like Jesse Eisenberg. Peace. That's the that's the geezer from uh, the Social Network, right? Yep, that's the one. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That is the one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Zombie uh, Rick right? had to drop off. Yes, yes, yes. Does he sound like him? I think so. All right. Yeah, I can see it. Uh, we'll put a pin on the questions here. There's still several left, and I look forward to getting to them. Um, 
and we'll get to them in about an hour's time. For now, though, let us get to our first guest of the day. We found out yesterday officially that he'll be competing again February 17th in Anaheim, co-main event of UFC 298. He, in my opinion, should be, if all goes well, the next man for the bantamweight title. He is the pride of Georgia and New York and Las Vegas as well. He is the great Marab Dawalishvili, kind enough to join us. Hello, Marab. How are you? Hello. I'm great. Thank you for um, representation. Of course, always. I like your flag back there, the mix of Georgia and uh, USA. That's very yeah, nice. You are- yes, thank you so much. Um, yes. Marab, this is an exciting As fight. you say, I'm a proud of Georgia, proud from, you know, uh, proud American and... Yes. I love it. Uh, Marab, the last time we spoke, uh, it was still unclear who Sean would fight in his first title defense, who you would fight, why not. Ultimately, are you okay with all of this? Uh, we found out a few weeks ago it's it's Sean versus Cheeto, and now we find out it's you versus Henry. Are you okay with the way the cookie crumbled, the way everything shaked out, or are you still annoyed that you didn't get a title shot next? Yeah, in my mind, uh, I was ready for title fight, uh, but uh, this is what it is. You know, I understand it's uh, it's uh, it's a business, and um, well, sometimes like this thing happens. Uh, you know, now I'm I move on already because uh, because now I'm fighting Henry Cejudo and um, uh, O'Malley fighting number six uh, guy, somebody and. Um, and guy who's one and one, you know, but um, that's how it business goes, and I understand everything. But uh, uh, yeah, a little, a little bit still annoying. I, I guess I'm still talking about. It. Yeah, well, I'm asking you about it, so it's not your fault. Can I ask? Uh, have you been told you win this fight, you're getting a title shot? No, they don't tell me like this, but. Uh, now I'm gonna be ready again for a title fight because that's all I wanna do now. Like nothing left, you know. I'm winning fights, and um, now my goal is fight for the title and win for the title. That's my only goal right now. Uh, like everybody knows, I have a nine fight win streak, and uh, I beat two former champions. The, I'm fighting now. One of the greatest uh, fighter, Henry Cejudo, Olympic champion, two division champion, and uh, if I beat Henry Cejudo, I don't understand why they should not give me titles. So, uh, and I'm I'm pretty sure that you know now this time they will give me title fight after this. You 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 can't accept anything else, right? Like that will be ten in a row with wins over Henry, with wins over Piotr Jan, Jose Aldo, Marlon Moraes. John Dotson, just to name a few, Brad Katona, who's had a nice little comeback here. You win this fight, there there can't be anything else, right? Exactly, I can't be, because how I'm going to go back and keep fighting guys from the behind, I want to guys, fight guys there in front of me, and they, who I want to fight champion, you know, that's that's how it goes. If you're winning, 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 you have to fight the whoever is in front of you who is champion, you know. But if you're losing, then yeah, you have to back up a little bit. If you win, you come back again. You know that's how it works. That's how it is. Sport, the sport is. But 
But exactly, so nothing's it, guaranteed. You know, nothing's right. guaranteed. <laughs> so if it wasn't a title shot, though, uh, are you happy with Henry Cejudo being your your next opponent? Yeah, I I have so much respect for Henry Cejudo, and um, uh, yeah, I mean I I, I want to be busy. I I don't want to wait too too long, you know, um, because um, I wanna. I want to keep fight, and I want to fight against the great guys. You know, I, I fight Jose Aldo. You know, the, my mentality was with Jose Aldo. If he beats me, God bless him. You know, he's gonna fight title. But with Henry Cejudo, I'm not this much kind this time. I wanna, I wanna beat him, and uh, I want to fight title. Like, uh, I won't be too much happy if he beats me. You know. <laughs> of course. Do you feel like you need to stop him in order to give the UFC no? other reason than to give you a title shot like do you need to do something spectacular in your mind a win over Henry Cejudo should be enough I think win against Henry Cejudo will be enough uh, even if I win a split decision but I'm not looking for split decision I'm looking for dominate this fight and I'm looking for uh, like maybe finish you know but yeah. if, like I said it's a fight we never know uh, like some fights can be like excited very good fight and some fights can be uh, less less actions you know but everything can happen but I think whatever win will be against Henry Cejudo I think yeah, that's it you know I have to I, they have to give me you know mm -hmm. and and uh, yesterday I think it was or maybe it was Monday I saw you tweet like you haven't gotten the contract yet um, now that it's officially announced have you gotten the contract Yes, uh, they just sent me yesterday, and uh, I don't sign yet because I wanna ask them five round fights because in contract it says three round fights. So uh, I wanna fight five round. Uh, uh, I feel, I mean, I, I will never. I'm never. I'm not getting tired. So I think the the later rounds, I'm I'm coming back even stronger and uh, yeah, more ener that. energized. So. Do you think they'll be okay with that? Uh, I don't know. I I, I want to ask ask them, and uh, if uh, I hope I hope they will be okay. And um, I mean, if they give us comment even spa, I think five round fight will be good and the number one contender for the title. And then why well, I, I I see they should they should give us, but uh, let's see. Do you know if Henry is interested in this? I don't know. I don't think know. he will be. <laughs> um, I don't think so. I think he <laughs> the three three round fights benefits him. Five round fights benefits me. I think. Yeah. Wow, I love that. That would be fascinating. Um, and and what a card, by the way, for Georgia, right? Ilya Tapuria in the main event. You in the co-main. When you when you when you <laughs> figure that out. What what do you think, you know, what did that mean to you and what do you think that will mean for your country? Uh, like this is historic moment. Uh, uh, like uh, Ilya Tupuria for Georgia fighting for the title. When I find out this news, I was so happy for Ilya. He's my brother and uh, 
all country we are proud of him and uh, I mean I'm, I'm I proud more because I know how hard he works and I know how good he is and uh, he deserved everything and I love Alex Wokanowski like um, like a former from former fighters that my favorite fighter is George, George St. Pierre but like now to the active fighters other than my friends and my teammates uh, Alex Wokanowski is my my favorite fighter I love him but uh, now Ilya is my brother from Georgia, and um, like now, of course, I'm rooting for Ilya, and um, I believe Ilya can uh, win win this fight. Uh, I, I, and he's 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 that he's that good, you know. So, but back to your question, yeah, this is big moment for Georgia, and of course, uh, uh, first when I find out Ilya was fighting for title, I was so happy, and now I'm fighting the same card. This is, uh, um, you know, this of course it's it's good, but um, I have to win my fight, and I know Ilya will win his fight. Yes, uh, I mean this time next year we can have two champions from Georgia if things you know if things work out, uh, which would be incredible. Um, considering you know where you guys have come from, that would be amazing for the scene and and, and for your country as well. Uh, speaking of your friends, uh, do you think Aljamain is going to move up to 145? And uh, are you in favor of this? Do you like this idea? It sounds like this is what he is hinting at. Do you like this idea for him? Uh, yeah, Aljo. I think Aljo is looking for now to fight in 145, and I think he's he's moving moving up. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's big, and but he he makes weight 135. But now he will be more comfortable and more less stress and um, more strong in 145. I think, like he he's saying, last 10 pounds uh, was hard, and uh, he was always able to make weight. I think uh, that's uh, that's good for him. He will he will try. And I, I believe he will do very well in 145. And uh, let's go from there. Yeah. Um, he wants to fight Max Holloway. Uh, he, he's talking about those big names. But what makes it interesting now is that the path is clear for you. Like It, it seems very clear that, at least for me, you win this fight, you'll be next. Uh, Sean O'Malley um, reacted to the announcement of your fight. His quote on his show was the Timbo... Mm -hmm. Sugar Show. He said, that'll be a sweet little short fight. I'm excited to see those little guys. Uh, that's as close as you can get to mid. Little people fighting. It's pretty sweet because they're both so skilled and they're both so short. It'll be cute. It'll be an interesting fight. What do you What do you make of his reaction to your fight against Henry? Uh, he's sometimes funny. He's sometimes uh, a little stupid. But... <laughs> Uh, he, he's okay. He's okay. You know, now, yeah, that would be a good fight. Not only shorts, you know, like, we not, yeah, we are short guys. So, like, uh, even O'Malley himself, he's not like a giant somebody. He's skinny, tall guy. Yeah, you know, I will, if he wants to, if he ever fights me, I will break him for two pieces. But, so, yeah, it's going to be a good fight against me and Henry because uh, Henry, like two division champion, like we said, Olympic champion wrestler, and everybody know I have a record in my uh, division, like takedown records, and I like more 
grappling style and let's see it will be interesting you know how i will do against the uh, grappler and uh, people are excited for this fight um it's really it's gonna be really really good fight and winner of us i think we finally get title shot i think we both deserve this and uh yeah omali is, is funny you know he's um he's yeah he's okay uh do you think he beats cheeto uh, I hope so, um, but uh, it, it's can it's not it's not will be easy. I think uh, Chito can beat him again, you know, unfortunately. But uh, uh, I, I hope O'Malley wins this. You hope he wins so that you can fight him. But either way, I mean, do, do is there a part of you that hopes he wins so that you get the title shot? And do you think that if Cheeto wins, maybe they do the rematch or the trilogy with him? Is that why you're saying? Do you think it will delay things even more for you if Cheeto wins? Mm. I mean, if Cheeto wins, that would be two and zero. And uh, yeah. I guess, like, why they need a rematch? You know, if it's one and one, then maybe. But like, actually, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But let's. I'm focusing my fight now. Okay. Uh, like, I, uh, I, I want to win this fight, and I want to fight for the title. Like, let's see. Like, yeah, let's see. Let's see how it's. I think it will be very boring fight. Maybe you know, Cheeto. Chito usually first couple rounds he's just not doing nothing, and Omali he was running uh, last time with Aljo he was running uh, before Aljo make uh, some before Aljo try to make action and he was running and maybe let's see maybe they they both will running from each other and uh, let's see let's see how it's it's gonna go. You still have the jacket? Yeah, I do have a jacket. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, and how's no, no, the hand, by the, the way? Hey, hey. Hands, 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 good. Uh, so, okay. okay, okay, just move. On. So my hand is good. Um, uh, <laughs> what was that? What was that? Move on. No, no. You wanted to say something. <laughs> like you know when uh, when I when I took his jacket, um, like I was not gonna give him back, but. Uh, in the cage, then I it was telling me, give him back, give him back, and I give him back, you know, in the cage because, oh. uh, yeah. So and then because he okay. was naked, you know, and then I feel bad for four guys. And uh, okay, all right, uh, that's very nice of you. <laughs> uh, so you said the hand is okay though, no problems. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's not hundred percent, of course, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm training, I'm fighting, I'm I'm sparring, I'm wrestling, and uh, I'm good, I'm good, I'm able to do everything, no problem. Okay, uh, one last thing before I let you go, uh, big UFC main event this weekend. Just curious, who do you like, Leon or Colby? Um, uh, Colby Covington, even he's a little annoying sometimes, and how he talks like this, I still don't understand. You know, like uh, either people are saying he's a nice guy, and uh, he's just um, he's just uh, he's not like he he's a nice guy, but he's just he's just character, and he's doing this on purpose, but. Like when every time I do interview, I, it's like even I speak from the heart. It's still hard. How he remember all these jokes and how he gives everybody names. It's crazy. But let's go for Kobe Covington. You know, I think um, I think he's uh, he can he can 
he's got it this time. This, this time. Okay. Well, uh, very happy to hear that you're coming back. Uh, February 17th, UFC 298 co-main event. We'll see if it's five rounds as as you are requesting. Good luck with that. And, uh, of course, good luck with the fight. And uh, Lord help us. I mean, if 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 a if a if a ten win a ten fight winning streak and a win over Henry Cejudo in addition to Aldo and Jan and all these guys doesn't get you a title shot, Lord help us, Marab, because what are we doing here? So I hope we don't get to that point. I hope we don't have to ride on your on your behalf. Hopefully it all works out, um, and and you get what you deserve. So much respect and 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 good luck, and and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Ariel. I appreciate. It. Thank you for having me. No problem. There he is, Marab Dualishvili, the pride of Georgia, the pride of the United States, as you can see behind him. Uh, I mean, what a run he's been on, nine in a row. And uh, that's a great, like I said, two-pack of fights. Nine in a row this man has won. And again, he's not fighting schlubs. He's fighting Peter Yan. He's fighting Marlon Moraes. He's fighting Jose Aldo. Um, his last win in March against Peter Yan was as dominant and as one-sided as it gets. And usually a nine-fight winning streak gets you a title shot, but unfortunately, in some divisions, there's you know there's other factors at play. Credit to him; he's taking probably the toughest fight that he could possibly get, given his skill set. He's fighting the uh, the Olympic gold medalist, the two division champion Henry Cejudo. That's an extremely tough fight. A guy who lost to Aljamain like that. I mean, it was that close. It was that close. Um, that's not a striker that he could just neutralize with his with his wrestling, with his clinch work. Stifle. It's a fascinating matchup. It's a great, great styles clash, if you will, on paper. I'm really curious to see how it plays out. And I, I really do think that if he wins this fight, he should be next. I can't imagine any other scenario. There are guys like Sanhagen out there and Song Yudong. And I mean, it's the best division in the UFC, in my opinion, in MMA. Patchy mix out there in uh, in the PFL slash Bellator, so it's on fire. But he should be the guy. I mean, ten in a row. And look, there are guys like Leon. There are guys like um, Bilal. There are guys like Tony Ferguson who have had to take the the long route to the belt. There are other guys who haven't. He has. He has had to be one of those guys. Uh, it's somewhat unfortunate, but again, beat Cejudo 10 in a row. Now, our next guest is on some kind of role as well. He has won five fights in a row. Four of those fights have been via stoppage, all very spectacular. Um, he's coming off an amazing win once again back on Saturday at the Apex over the veteran Anthony Smith. He is very much in the mix at 205 pounds. He's the guy who I th said on, on Monday should be fighting for the belt next. I would love to see it. Let's get his thoughts on it all. He's the one and only Khalil Roundtree Jr., kind enough to join us here. Great to have him back on the show. Khalil, my man. And let me get it right. Khalil, right? It's Khalil, not Khalil, right? I just want to, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to screw this up. Am I right with that? If I'm being 100% uh -oh. like thorough, it's Khalil. I screwed it up. Khalil, okay. That's even better for me. I could say Khalil. I could say that easy. <laughs> Is it is it really? Yeah. Is is that how you yeah. uh like to be called? Oh, okay. Why haven't I mean, we called you that? It's it's an Arabic name that my father gave to me. And 
I believe that from what I've heard, people who are fluent and speak Arabic call me Khalid. So 1, I don't speak Arabic, but from like hearing, you know, people that's their native language say it, that's how they pronounce it. But here in America, people say Khalil or Khalil, or some of my family calls me Khalil. It's just, I guess it depends on your accent, you know, <laughs> but yeah. Would you like to be referred to as Khalil? It's nice to hear, you know, like it's nice to hear when it's spoken, um, you know, like in Arabic, it's nice to hear, but I don't expect people who don't naturally have, you know, like an Arabic accent to call me Khalil. I don't expect it, <laughs> you know? So I just like, as long as people are calling me, you know, by my name, the way that it's spelled, uh, it doesn't bug me. Yeah, it's sort of like um, everyone calls Khabib, Khabib, but the K-H is a kh, kh. It's tough for some people. Yeah. So I love that. I want to start a movement so for them to refer to. For, for, like, for the record, like I'm sure that there are many names that I don't put in enough effort to, you know, pronounce the way that it should be. So I don't want to like contradict myself because I'm sure there's, sure. I've called people out of their name, you know, <laughs> there's probably proof of it on the internet. So I just like, it's nice to hear, you know, and yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to start a movement for Buffer or whomever is the, the cage announcer and the broadcasters to refer to you as Khalil. I think that would be pretty darn cool. Yeah. But as you say, uh, as long as long as they're saying your name the way it's spelt, um, that that's half the battle. Congrats on another spectacular win. Can I ask you off the bat because we were we were kind of hypothesizing about this on Monday, and I said I would love to ask you this question because I was trying to understand maybe if there was another reason uh, for it. Why have your last five fights been at the apex? Is that is that your decision or is it just the way the cookie has crumbled? Because I feel like you're such an exciting, explosive fighter. You should be fighting in front of 16, 18,000 people. I mean, I think it's definitely more on the side of that's just the way the cookies crumble because I was supposed to fight in Austin and before that I was supposed to fight in Vancouver and those fights mm -hmm. fell through, you know, the week before the event. And so just at least for those two specifically, I was just willing when the UFC did whatever they could to at least just create a new match or keep the match alive, you know? So I was just willing, whether it's at the apex or not. Um, so it's been mostly that, just circumstantial. Um, but I love the apex. It's, there haven't been any Las Vegas, um, you know, like T-Mobile arena cards or anything that I've, that have like lined up with just like the schedule and opponents and stuff. But like I said before, like Vegas is my home. So it would, it, it would be nice to like, even if I got the opportunity to fight in T-Mobile arena, that'd be cool. But the apex isn't a public place. So I would have more friends show up there. You know what I mean? Like it's, so it's, yeah, I think it's just the way the cookie crumbles, but I do really enjoy fighting in Las Vegas because it's, it's my home. Is there something about just so like the no frills atmosphere um, you just, it's, it's very pure, which I think a lot of people associate with you. It's just sort of, there, there's, there's not a lot of nonsense, a lot of BS. You just go in there, you do the job, 
and then you go home. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the apex personally. I, I feel and have like, you know, like my perspective is I believe that it's kind of the closest thing right now to how we can see how like mixed martial arts is like supposed to be perceived, you know, or like supposed to be taken in. It's like, it's up close. It's personal. Um, it's not like, I don't feel like it's much of like, I'm entertaining a giant crowd and having to be more of like a performer versus just like a mixed martial artist. You know, like, I think if like, if we're looking at like martial arts and mixed martial arts, I think that, you know, it's, I personally take it in and take in like the essence of it in a smaller environment as the events grow, like even let's say ADCC that was giant last year, like, yeah, it was cool. It was exciting, but it, it was different because it's like jujitsu of like the biggest jujitsu tournament I've ever been to with all this loud. So it just, I wasn't really able to take in the, the, the purity of the jujitsu and the moment and the skill of the best grapplers in the world because I'm so overstimulated by thousands of people and loud music and all this stuff. So I think that like the apex definitely has a lot of benefits that I enjoy and I have no issue ever fighting there. I don't necessarily like, it doesn't affect me that it's not in front of a crowd because I think that the apex also, I don't know numbers, but I think it gets a lot of viewers it's free. So people can just tune in and see what's going on. It's not a big event, but I feel like a lot of people watch those cards and the people who can't afford to go to the stadium, which is a good amount of people can watch from home. And I feel like it's just, it's nice. Like I don't see any, anything bad at all. You know, as you mentioned, you were supposed to fight in Austin on December 2nd. Um, against Azamat Mirzakhanov, uh, he has to withdraw due to an illness. In steps Anthony Smith. What was your reaction when you found out that a veteran like Anthony Smith, you know, high profile, much higher profile name than Azamat, um, takes this fight on such short notice against someone like you who is just rolling right now? Were you surprised by that? I, it, I, I can't. I, I was literally equally both i was surprised but not surprised you know like as soon as the feeling of surprise came up then i'm like well it's anthony smith like of course i'm not surprised (laughs) you know so um just knowing the type of competitor and guy that he is um i knew that him accepting this fight i'm just like okay cool like he is kind of what i perceived like this guy, you know, like he has lion heart because it's like, that's like, that's courageous, man. <laughs> you know, taking a big fight on, on 10 days notice, I, like, man, respect. So I was surprised, but um, also I was like, yeah, but how can I expect anything different? How do you feel about your performance in the fight? You win via stoppage in the third round. Uh, another great finish, but leading up to that point, what was your assessment of the way you fought? I would say in all honesty, I am really, really happy 
for like a lot it's been a long time since i've been able to watch one of my fights and actually feel like happy for myself and like proud of myself like there's like i can go and watch past fights and like things happen and like yeah it's cool but this was the first one even more than the eric anders fight that i was just really happy with myself <laughs> and how i and how i handled everything from like just like my pace to my awareness to just like emotions and like the moment and dealing with a monster in it like in anthony smith like right in front of me and not losing my you know my vision and like you know i didn't get caught up in like over emotional i just i was there the whole time from start to finish you know i didn't sit down between the rounds i was like talking to my coaches it just i was there man i was there from the moment i stepped in the apex to the moment i closed my eyes you know i was just there and um so i was happy with with how i fought do you usually not feel that way and if so what do you usually feel I mean, I, I do feel that way and I have felt that way. Um, but I just, it's becoming more natural now. And like, there's just kind of like less resistance as I mature and as I continue to, um, you know, just like work hard and, and be able to get success and win fights. It just, it's it, it's all just I'm, it's maturing you know like i'm just like now experiencing it more and more and i'm like okay yeah i i think i think that i've i think that i like know who i am in here <laughs> you know and when when did you start to feel that like is this a, is this a recent thing last couple fights when you started to feel like okay i know who i am it's building um it's building i think that I think that this fight is like, this fight was like the confirmation for me. You know, I think that I've felt this, I've, I've tried to figure it out. I've tried to get that answer. I've tried to kind of find my place in, in all of this and keep growing and keep learning and keep seeing new pieces of myself. And after this fight, I think that was like the confirmation, like that's exactly who you are. Mm. Now keep going. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's exactly who you are. So now like let's work. We got the answer. Now let's let's really get to work. <laughs> I love so, it because it's coming through in your performances, in your fights. And like I said, the finish was tremendous. And you know, some fans will care about this, some will not. Some media will care about this, some will not. I personally love it. Uh, but I know it's easier said than done. The f that that moment there, where you you could have punched him when he was down and you didn't, and and you're you're like up here and you stop yourself. I totally understand why this happens. Momentum. It's easy for us sitting on the couch to be like, you shouldn't throw that punch. But there's so much more going on. Can you explain what's going on in your mind at that point and what stops you from throwing those extra punches when you know so many others would? for this fight specifically i think it goes back to what i was just talking about and i just felt in control of everything going on inside of me and whatever like i had to make sure that i was doing the right things to not really take a lot of damage from anthony so i was just there i was aware so 
I was prepared, but I was there. So my body didn't just react to the motion of him falling down. You know, like I watched his eyes from the moment the punch landed to the moment he fell. So I never disconnected. I never, my feelings didn't go, ah, there's the finish I've been looking for. No, you know, it's like, I was like, I got it right here, but I'm, I'm still making eye contact and I see that your eyes are still moving and I can see that the ref is coming in to check. So I'm like, before I do something that's dangerous, you know, like I actually got a chance to think about it. And that's also something that made me so happy after this fight, because it's not like, damn, yeah, I did that in the moment. Like, no dude, I saw it. And I was like, and like, if I need to, I will. But like, even then you're just like, whatever ref steps in. And I'm like, all right, cool. Thank God. I don't have to. You know, yeah. like that's what the shrug is about. It's like there's like a small piece where like I'm kind of like at the end and I'm like, fuck, thank God. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, like I got it, I got it, I got it. Nope. All right. It's over. <laughs> Amazing. You know? Yeah. Uh, what I liked about this matchup in, in some, I, I really like and admire Anthony as well. Same with you. You're two of the more thoughtful people in the sport. And I'm wondering if you shared any words afterwards. Yeah, um, actually, like much respect to to Anthony Smith because before the third round, he like it looks like we like were just gauging, you know, distance. But for me, it felt like a touch of gloves. And also before that third round, he's just like, "Good fucking shit, man!" <laughs> like you know, he's like, "Good work," and I was like, "How cool," you know. <laughs> Like, yeah. how cool, because I didn't, like, I don't pay attention to, like, I I deal with enough already, so people's opinion of, of me, I try not to even read things, but just from what I've heard, like, word of mouth, just feedback, stuff, and people are just like, yeah, like, I don't think this guy has any respect, and things like that for you, so I'm like, okay, enough said, I don't need to go see, I don't need to read into it, okay. Um, so to hear that already, like in my mind, having heard and having thought like, this guy doesn't care about me. He doesn't respect me. I'm like, okay, cool. So to earn that respect from a guy like Anthony Smith, like it during the fight, amazing. And then even after he like, you know, told my coaches like great game plan and he came up and we shook hands and like took a photo together and, you know, things like that. So it, it couldn't have happened like it be like it couldn't have happened any better for me personally by the way have you always been that way where you don't read the comments or pay attention or seek them or is that something you've had to develop over time i definitely developed over time but it's been a long time like i i struggle with social media in the sense of like i i want to be active and like i want to communicate and do things but um I just, it, there's just too much out there, too many opinions. And like, as things happen for me and people start to become more familiar with who I am, it just, it allows just way too much access. So I just try to keep people updated on anything that like, I think is kind of like cool, whether it's like a photo shoot that I did with my sponsors or like a magazine or you know, like my golf swing or, you know, I just, and I just posted and I just shut it down because I, I just, 
there's just too many opinions. And sometimes like the negative ones, obviously they sting more than, you know, certain. And I just think for the sake of my own like mental health, it's just better that I just stay away from it and just be more aware of like what's happening in my actual world. And it just makes me a lot happier. You know, um, to that point, I, I was looking at your Instagram, I think it was on Sunday, it might have been on Monday, and I was looking at the comments um, in one of your last posts, um, and maybe it was the post right after you won. It was one of the, the, the very recent ones. And someone wrote something about, because you wrote a, a, a nice caption, and then someone in the comments wrote something about how the comment section for your page is an amazingly mm -hmm. positive place. Um, as opposed to at times the cesspool that is the comment section on other celebrities or athletes or fighters pages. And uh, that in itself was like, oh, wow. It, you know, for someone to note that, that's, that's pretty interesting because I know how toxic and negative it could be. So then I went to look at your other, you know, posts, just a quick look at some of the other comments and it was all positive. And we were talking about this on Monday about how like some people put out negativity and they get negativity back. And your page is very kind of like pure and wholesome and, and authentic. And so it seems like you're putting that out and you're getting it back. I know you say that you don't read that, but that comment really stuck to me because, uh, again, it could be so negative and so detrimental. Have you noticed that it just seems like your supporters and, and your kind of little orbit is all very pure and positive? Yeah, I think I, I definitely see that. And like, I appreciate it. And that is why part of me like my i feel like i have like a duty to at least tap in and try to respond as much as i can right because i don't want to i don't want to leave people hanging especially when it's positive like that is the best like that's what keeps me going like that's the fuel right especially for like yeah the fans and the and the supporters um and so i think it's it's great. <laughs> I so I guess what I'm trying to say is like I I feel a sense of responsibility, right? I think that every athlete, every top professional athlete has a responsibility when we are on things like, you know, I'm talking to you and there's just people who are watching and people who are looking and maybe for inspiration, maybe for like uh, uh, knowledge, uh, like to learn something, but there, no matter what, there are a lot of people that are watching. So I feel like as a professional, like high level athlete, we are responsible. And so I choose to try to be the best that I can be, not only for myself, but for people who are also tuning in for whatever reasons, right? And so it's nice to be able to get positive feedback because i'm like okay cool at least with this opportunities in the in this position that i'm blessed with in life it's it's doing something good you know even my last post i'm like i'm not perfect and i don't strive to be perfect but i'm trying my best to like you just like better myself and be more aware of more than just me and my feelings and what's important to me and how I want to, what I want to show, I'm trying to consider more people because that would have helped me in my past. Um, mm -hmm. So I do see things like that and it's, it's, 
it's 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 like it, it's fuel because I'm just like okay cool at least I'm getting like at least I'm I feel like it's like inspiration to keep going on like on a good a good path and I don't want to mess it up you know right correct me if I'm wrong you don't usually call out fighters in post fight interviews but you did mention the champion this time which got a lot of people excited why did you do that this time yeah this was the first time i've ever said like another name on the microphone post fight um i think this is a part of also the positive feedback from the fans after after alex's last fight i did see that a lot of people were tagging me and saying like this would be a great matchup and i watched that fight and i watched all of alex's fights and i'm like yeah i mean it would be a great matchup my fans like to see me strike and his fans like to see him strike and like you know we both have an intensity about us we both have um i feel like a good fighter spirit you know uh alex i i think that just like from from a from a uh from a fan standpoint i think that it's just a fight that's just like yeah that's a sick fight you know i'm not necessarily i i i hope that people don't think that that was me saying i deserve a title shot because that's not my intentions at all you know like that's not what i'm calling for i'm not on this tear and being like, you know, I've done so much of a tear that I deserve a title shot. No, it's just more of like, if that's what the fans want to see, then, then let's make it happen versus like putting me versus, you know, someone else who is probably just going to try to wrestle me, which I'm okay with, but I don't think that it's as exciting for, for my fans. Let's just say if I'm responsible for my fans, my fans want to see me fight another striker because people like to see me strike. I've never shot a takedown in my life. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? I would love so to that's, see it. That, that's more of like, that. that's kind of like a more clear view on like the intention. So. How yeah. confident are you that that's a possibility that your next fight could be against Alex? I know you're ranked eighth now. Um, so you've moved up three spots in the UFC rankings, whatever that means. Um, how possible do you think this is? Well, if we're talking about possibility, I'm the type of guy where like, I really believe that anything is possible. So I can say a hundred percent, right? If we're talking possibility, like such a big word <laughs> and we all look at it differently, but yeah, I think that like, it really does depend. It depends on if the UFC does like if if they want to make it happen if they don't feed into the politics and they're just like you know what yeah this is a good fight and i think we should make it happen then like i think that's kind of more what it is or you, you know because it's really up to them and it's up to alex you know so it, it, i guess it just all depends on like on you know persuasion <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you have any sense do you have any like it's been a few days since saturday do you have any sense as to whether or not this to could be happen honest, like, 
I I don't have any sense whatsoever. I haven't spoken to anybody in the UFC. Um, I haven't, you know, I haven't heard anything, and there hasn't been any sense. You manage yourself. Yeah, at the moment. Wow. Any yeah. particular reason? I think that before, I think you're friends with Markel, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Markel Martin. Yeah. Yep, so yep. I Francis was with, like, I was with Markel and, um, and creative artist agency in LA. Um, but they dissolved the combat sports division, which, you know, left all of the agents to kind of, you know, if they wanted to stay agents and they had to find new agency. Um, and I think that like, for that reason, I just looked at it. It was like, well, maybe now is the, op- like, maybe now is when I try to get a little bit of experience of what it even means to be like an agent or manager, because I also don't have a retirement plan. So, mm. you know, like, I don't know how that process works. I don't know what's being talked about um, in these meetings and negotiations, you know, with Mick and Dana and Hunter. And, you know, I don't know what's being said if I have an agent, some like, because I was really never present in any of those talks. So I think that right now is the time for me to be 100% present in these talks and say what I, you know, want or my ideas and things directly. You know, because I I am trying to be a person where, like, I guess I don't necessarily need someone else to speak for me. I know exactly mm. what I want. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, so like, if you don't agree with it, okay, then like, let's 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 find common ground and then move forward. And so it's more of like, unfortunately, combat sports or the CAA combat sports division got dissolved, and I had the choice to continue to work with Markel, who's done so much for me. But I think that I need this experience right now to see like what is like what's going on, you know, like what is this all about? What does it even mean to be an agent? I like that, and and respect that. Um, I like asking this question, especially this time of the year. Uh, so I'll ask you the same one. This time next year, December of twenty twenty four, where are you at in your career? December twenty twenty four. Yeah, a year from now. Are you the champion? Yeah, I'm definitely the champion in my career. Yeah, hmm. um, I'm definitely the champion, and I'd say it would be this would be the prime time being the champion that I can start to do something that involves the city of Las Vegas. Something, you know, like. I, I think that that's like being the champion in Las Vegas for me, like they kind of go hand in hand. Like I not only do I want to do this for myself, but I want to do this for my city. I feel like the city deserves a UFC champion and there will be a, a, a there will be a champion from Las Vegas one day. Hopefully I'm the first, <laughs> you know, and then like hopefully I can be that. And then, you know, the kids on the east side of Las Vegas can see like, oh, there was a guy from here. The first ever UF, the first ever UFC champion was from Las Vegas. I can go join a gym. I can also do this because we, what can we be in Las Vegas? 
other than like entertainers or like casino tenders or, you know, just keep the city alive. So maybe, you know, there's a, a young kid out there or will be a young kid out there that needs to know that it's it's possible, you know, to be a champion out of Las Vegas, <laughs> you, you know, like if nothing else, you know, if you don't know where you're going in life, you don't know if you don't think you're smart enough to go to college and you're not, you know, strong enough to defend yourself. Well, there's plenty of gyms here and you can go and be a champion if nothing else, you know, like. Yeah, like it, it, just like how I was, man. I was afraid to go to the military. Didn't think I was smart enough for college. You know, I'm mediocre at playing any instruments. You know, you know all these things. I'm like, well, what am I going to do then? <laughs> you know, I'm just going to work at Jimmy Jobs like I was, or I'm going to work at the bike shop and, you know, just work a job and hopefully get better and get promoted to manager. And I was like, nah, I mean, that's cool, but I feel like there's more, especially like with who my father was, you know? Like, so... Yeah, next year champion and then like trying to do something, trying to do something, you know, for the city, like try to make at least the foundation of a mark on the city, whether it's like a gym or, you know, boys and girls club or just like something that just like is like I can't like I'm from Las Vegas. I've left the mark on the city and like now I can go and enjoy my life elsewhere and just like. I've left something at home. <laughs> I've left something there for, you know, for the, for, for the people. I love it. Uh, we're, we're lucky as a sport that there's people like you in it. It's a lot of fun to watch your journey and to see the success that you are having now. Congratulations on all the success on the win on Saturday and uh, good luck as a big 2024 is just around the corner for you. I have no doubt that all of that is attainable. So thanks for the time. Khalil, appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to start calling you that. I hope you don't mind. Uh, I'm really, really yeah, happy for you and uh, much love and, and, and keep up the great work. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. There he is. Khalil Roundtree Jr. Five in a row now in the UFC's light heavyweight division. Uh, talking about fighting the likes of Alex Perez. And like I said on Monday, I would love to see it happen. I would absolutely love to see it happen. Uh, there are obviously guys out there, namely Magomed Ankalaev, and uh, Johnny Walker fighting on January 13th. That's the first card of 2024, the main event of the first card of 2024. It's an important fight. But you tell me they book Khalil Rountree Jr. versus Alex Pereira and you're not watching? You tell me they booked that fight and it's boring? There's no chance. There's no chance. There's no chance. I, I wanted to ask him, is it true he's never actually shot for a single takedown once? Believe it. Just not that kind of guy. And not to say that that's like a bad thing and should be a strike against you. Uh, but he is he is a lot of fun to watch. And like I said, uh, he has won four out of his last five via finish, five in a row for him. All right, let's move along now and turn our attention to UFC 296. Our next two guests will be 296 related. Still to come, Dave Lavelle, head coach for Leon Edwards. And also, of course, uh, Anthony Pettis and Benson Henderson together headlining that karate combat card on Friday. But what about the co-main event on Saturday? One of the best cards of the year, arguably the best main card of the year. The co-main event is for the flyweight title. It's the relatively new champion. He won the belt back in July, Alexandre Pantoja, defending his belt against an old foe, Brandon Royville. He's in Las Vegas. He's kind enough to join us. Let us say hello to Brandon right now. There he is. What's up, Brandon? How are you? 
good in yourself? I'm doing really well. Thanks so much for doing this. I know it's a very busy day for you. It's media day and all that stuff. So we're not going to take too much of your time. Uh, but you know, I, I, I got to ask, man, what a journey for you. You've won your last three in a row. I know we were talking a few months ago when you were trying to get this title shot. It's here. It's this gigantic, it's not just some like rinky dink card. It's not some ho-hum card. This is blockbuster stuff, man. And you're on the marquee. You're in the co-main. Can you just describe on this Wednesday morning in Vegas, what is going through your body, your mind right now as you're partaking in this massive card with all these superstars? Yeah, yeah, bro. I, I like, uh, I don't know. It's hard to accept sometimes. It's hard to like uh, come to reality with like some of the things. But I was driving down to Las Vegas. I think it's Las Vegas Boulevard, the big one where the strips at. Uh, and I'm driving. I'm driving my friend's nice car, like a, a like a I don't even like a Coupe Deville. I'm not good at cars. But uh, I look up, and then all over all the all the like big screens is 296, a big picture of me. And uh, I don't know, man. I feel like sometimes uh, I never had like a high expectation of myself. But, with MMA and sports and any of that stuff, I never really thought I was going to be this far. But uh, the fact that we're here and the fact that I'm on screens and the fact that I'm fighting for a belt is, I don't know, man. It's not only like it's a hard to accept, but I just like don't really believe it, you know? Wow. Surreal. I was going to ask you, does this feel surreal? It sounds like it does. Oh, super surreal. Super surreal. And it's like, I don't ever really even believe I'm going to fight half the time until I'm looking at my opponent. That being said is like in this situation, uh, it's even like the fighting for like fighting for the belt just doesn't even seem like it's a thing really honestly it's just i'm getting ready to fight alexander pantoja uh i don't know man it's, it's cool like sometimes i like when i listen to your show I, I hear all these people and they're like oh i was gonna i knew i was gonna be champ i knew this and i'm like gosh well, i'm just i was happy to be here bro i'm just happy to be here half the time so it's like uh i don't know fighting alexander pantoja and it's just like to me it's just like it's an opportunity to get revenge. And I feel like that's my main goal. Like fuck the belt to a degree, but at the same time, it's just hard for me to accept any of that stuff too, you know? So it, it's been, it's been a wild journey for sure. And I'm just, I'm just so happy that I get a chance to just show my life's work finally, you know, and, uh, and fight for that belt. Yeah. What was it like when you got the call that you were going to get to fight for the uh, belt? It was, uh, it seemed like a little bit of like, Hey, thank you very much, bro. So I'm leaving the Uber right now. It seemed like no a perfect manifestation of uh, of everything, man. Because I was at that UFC, like the Mexico card, or the the, the like Mexican Independence Day card, and uh, I was out, like I was out at the Palms, and I would run to T-Mobile every day. I'd run around it, and I'm like, all right, man, this is where I'm probably gonna fight for a belt. Like, that's where I wanted to, you know. And uh, I was just thinking that every day, and then I was watching the the week before when I cut weight with like Moreno and uh, Cantosha when they're fighting for the belt. I could just see their face all over the boulevard. Like, uh, like it was just crazy. And like, I was like, I want that so bad. And like, uh, but the, but after that UFC Mexico card, I, as soon as my flight landed, I got a call from my manager saying, uh, December 16th, we're going to Mexico. Uh, we're, uh, going to T-Mobile in Las Vegas and fighting Pantoja for the belt. And it was just like, I spent the whole week just like kind of thinking it over and over again. I'm like, this is going to be the place. This is going to be the place. And it just seems so suiting, you know? Uh, and in the last few months, or la you know, what has it been since September? So last three months, um, you're preparing for your first title fight on this gigantic card. Has it felt different to you? Or are you able to block that out? I think I'm really good at blocking it out. I feel like just the the refuse the me refusing to accept that it's happening is just keeps me locked in perfectly of just being like, whatever. It's just I'm fighting. I'm getting prepared, and it's like uh, I, I feel like I'm I'm really. 
I have like a good coping mechanism as far as just not accepting that it's going to happen. And it's just like, it, it's no different than any other fight, honestly, except for that I'm getting revenge on Alexander Pantoja. Do you, do you allow yourself at night to dream what it would feel like and how your life would change if you get that belt? Like, do, do you let your mind go there at times? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I do, man. Sometimes it's like, uh, I just hope, like, uh, and I guess if any fighters are listening to this, they'll know, but it's just like, you sacrifice so much to be here. I've done so much crazy shit. I've, I've worked so many different jobs, odd jobs, not sleeping. Um, so many people like, I, I, I like cut out of my life because I just never had time for them, you know, and just so many like relationships gone by the way. And like, I just hope at the end of the day, it, when I get that belt wrapped around me, that it's just like, I, I find what I'm looking for, you know? And I find that like, I, I just didn't waste my time, you know? And I, like, I, I don't know, man. I hope, I hope whatever, whatever hole I have that I'm trying to fulfill that I find it that day, you know? And it's like such a dumb thing. Cause you know, it's not going to happen, but it's just like, I don't know, man. I, I feel like I'm forever going to be chasing a pot of gold and nothing will ever be good enough. But it's just like, this is definitely, a, this is definitely something cool at least, you know? What, what is the hole that you were trying to fulfill? No, I, I don't even know. That's what I'm saying. It's just like, I've always been chasing something, you know, and then once this yeah. next goal is here, then it's like, well, wh what then, you know, it's like, right. Well, when you finally reach the pinnacle of MMA, you win a UFC belt, then it's like, damn, how crazy, you know, like, uh, I don't know. I just hope it's all worth it. And I guess is what I was trying to say. I, th I think it will be. Um, obviously you keep, you keep mentioning getting revenge two and a half years ago, you fought him. It didn't go your way. What's the biggest lesson you learned from that fight? Uh, patience, man. I feel like, uh, I feel like you got to enjoy the journey, man. You got to enjoy the journey of like fighting. Like uh, even like I was so desperate to get out of the cage when I was younger and like even not even younger, I guess two years ago, even it's just like, I have, I have fights that are 20 seconds and that's awesome. But I also have, I've also been punched unnecessary times because I'm taking unnecessary risk. And it's like, I'm super, I watch fights. I break down fights all the time. I've watched Al Sharnda Pantoja fight a million times. And then I go in and fight like an asshole. And it's like, why? Like I'm, I'm, I, I've done all the homework. I've done all the studying. I know how to fight properly. And it's like, what makes me exciting is also what put me in danger, you know? And it's like in a shootout, I was always, I was almost always sure that I was going to be the one to, to leave on top in a shootout with anybody, just because I have such a danger factor of being really good at submissions and, uh, and, and the knockout threat. But Alshan Pantoja also showed me in a shootout, he's super dangerous too. And it's like, it's one of those with Alexander Pantoja is that second round came and I almost was like, I almost was like counting my chickens before they hatched. It's like, Oh, this fight's over. Like I looked at across the ring from him and I was like, it's all but over. And like even 30, 40 seconds to the fight, me and him are going and I'm like, Oh, he's done. Like there's no way he can last. And, uh, I just kept watching it slip by me and slip by me. And, uh, yeah, I, I like overthrew a punch and then I got my back taken. And I just watched the whole fight kind of slip away slowly. And, it was just, it was all created off unnecessary risk, man. I didn't need to do any of that. How do you feel about them making Brandon Moreno the backup fighter? I think it's a really good opportunity for him to make a little bit of money. I kind of think, and I didn't realize how close that his fight is, is like, is that a good idea to be cutting weight and then fighting in like two months right afterwards? Uh, I, I was, that was the only thing that I was kind of thinking about. I'm like, that could be a bad thing on, on his health, but if, you know, if, if the weight cuts not hard on him, then, uh, I get it. Then I get it. Go make your money, you know? 
And I got to ask before I let you go, I mean, uh, the press conference tomorrow is one of the most anticipated ones in recent history with all the characters involved. You're going to be up there amidst all of that. Uh, is this something that you're looking for? I know you're an MMA fan and, and you're, you're probably like, you know, enjoying all of this, but there's a chance this kind of goes off the rails and gets a little bit wacky, right? With the characters involved. Uh, are you are you dreading this or looking forward to this? Uh, I'm honestly kind of dreading it to be like, to be 100% honest, like, I, I have so much respect for my opponent. And then it's like, when I see all the other characters up there, I'm like, I feel like I like Alexander Pantoja better than most of these guys, to be completely honest. Like, as far as like a person goes, I'm like, I bumped in, me and him rode the elevator together, I bumped into, and it's like, it's just nothing but like good vibes. And like, I, I, I just like, I don't know. I, I'm, in, I'm interested to see what people say. But that being said, it's just like, I. I'm not, I've never been about the drama, you know, like I, I don't really care about that necessarily, but yeah. Yeah. So I guess I'm yeah. kind of dreading it and I don't know what to say. If some, something comes up to me, I panic under these situations. <laughs> well, I, I think they'll do a lot of the, the heavy lifting for you. Just curious, do you, do you, do you enjoy know, right? more when there's, when there's animosity with your opponent as opposed to a guy who is so likable and who you respect so much? Oh, absolutely. Like, uh, don't get me wrong. I love talking shit. Like I'll talk, I'll talk shit to them my last breath. That being said is like the flyweight division is so nice. Like everybody I go against is so nice. I'm not going to go fucking, I'm not going to go add a character to go, to go be an asshole. You know, if somebody, if somebody talks shit to me, I'm, I'm all about that. Like uh, bring that to my door, please. That being said is Alshon Pantoja is not going to do that. Brandon Moreno is not going to do that. Kai Carr France is not going to do that. Like they're all just like, genuinely nice people that are like yeah so yeah i do enjoy it though official prediction official prediction um i don't know if this is a prediction but this is what i wanted what i want is i, I want to drop him and i want to submit him i want to get an absolute revenge i want a submission i want a submission victory i love it wish you the best brandon uh take care good luck good luck the rest of the way this week and then of course on saturday appreciate the time very much yeah, thank you very much, too. I appreciate you. Have a good day. All right, there he is. Bye. Brandon Roybal, Raw Dog, standing outside the UFC HQ. Uh, big opportunity for him, big week for him. And then, yes, of course, uh, there's going to be a lot of characters at that press conference. Don't get your hopes up too much. You know, There's a chance that it's not what you think it is going to be, but uh, there's also a chance that it is you know, totally insane. That shit crazy, as they say. Uh, with the likes of Colby Covington and... Patty Pimblett and Tony Ferguson and Ian Gary. I I think it will be fun. I think the one who has the most potential to like really stir the pot is obviously Colby because that's more his shtick. Um, and I saw a lot of people saying like, hey, you know, you were too hard on Colby on, on, uh, on Monday about the layoff stuff. Which, you know, is, is, is whatever because they were saying like oh you know he was assaulted and uh there was like a criminal case and all that stuff and and yes obviously that happened i i just don't know if that's the reason why he was out for so long i mean let's not forget he did weigh in as the backup fighter back in march so nine months ago so presumably he would have been ready to fight back in march and presumably he went through a whole training camp to get to the weigh-in spot or at least a week or two i know it came together relatively quickly but you have to think there was some sort of training involved so it's not like he was only clear to fight now, even though the case ended now. Um, the Colby Covington thing for me is is one of the most interesting stories of my career 
because the old school fans will remember you know, I, I didn't have much of a relationship, a connection with Colby Covington. And then there was a period where he was talking smack to me on uh, Twitter. I think he said that like I play with Harry Potter cards in my mom's basement or something like that, my parents' basement. And I actually kind of liked that because the first time Colby Covington like really, truly came on my radar as a, as a smack talker, I think it was UFC 202. Um, it was one of those summer cards in uh, 2016, and he was talking about fighting Robbie Lawler and whatnot. And I was like, Colby Covington fighting Robbie Lawler? Like, he's just nowhere near those guys at the moment in terms in terms of notoriety. But I think that's when he finally started to realize that he had to talk a little bit. And uh, I think he didn't like that I hadn't had him on the show because it was just nothing that was, you know, for whatever reason, just like catching our attention. And then I had him on the show after he talked smack to me, and I, I enjoyed him very much. I really enjoyed uh, talking to him. And that was probably 2016. And then we get to 2018. Um, I remember the last card that I covered for MMA fighting before going to ESPN was his uh, interim title fight against RDA. So, you know, like he's he's very much in the mix at, uh, you know, 170 while I'm at ESPN. And I would have him on the show all the time. And what kind of, you know, I don't know what the word is. I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for. But let's just say there was a lot of pushback about having him on the show in the ESPN days to the point, you know, I don't really care about saying this. Like I, 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 was, I was told that I had to, you know, I had, I had to do his interviews pre-taped. I'd had to pre-tape his interviews on a live show just in case he said something that was off the rails. And he would come on the show and he would say, oh, you're the best journalist and all this stuff. And he would wear the hat and they would tell me, ask him not to wear the hat or they would say, can we frame it? I was like, no, he wears the hat. He is who he is. I don't think he's offending anyone by wearing this hat or even the things that he says. And, uh, you know, we have to let everyone be themselves. Uh, there was a fleet week thing, a fleet week thing that I had to, you know, try to almost move mountains to get some coverage on that he was being honored and I, I really felt like I went to bat for this guy who I had no real connection to. And, you know, I, I don't agree with everything that he says, certainly. But I feel like these characters, you know, this is the, the fight game and, and he connects with people and he's a great fighter. And, you know, um, these are the characters that you have to cover in, in a fair and honest way. And, uh, and then he fought Tyron Woodley. And then the whole thing happened with Kamar Usman on uh, the post-fight show. And then on DC and Hawani on that Monday, I said, you know, I thought that it went a little bit too far and it was a little uncomfortable and some of the things he said. And I've never talked to him since. I've not had any interaction with the guy since. Uh, and that's just, that is just utterly bizarre. Like not even an explanation. I think he told Chael that he felt betrayed by me and all this stuff. And this is a guy who was playing a heel character. And, you know, that kind of bummed me out a little bit, if I'm being honest. Because um, I really did feel like of my entire time at ESPN, I didn't like I stuck my neck out for this guy. Like I really had to battle to get him on the show, and then I had to agree to do pre-tape interviews. This whole show that you're watching is live. It has always been live. There has only been one set of interviews that is pre-taped, and it was Colby, and it was a couple times, and that kind of blew my mind. Like why are we pre-taping this? And I had to explain that to him. Now you see him doing interviews at Trump, and Trump's in the interviews and all this stuff, and I'm like, wow, times have changed. Good, I'm happy. Uh, we shouldn't be afraid of this stuff. And obviously that stuff's not live, but um, he didn't like that I said that it went a little bit too far. I would argue that a a heel 
shouldn't mind that sort of thing. I don't think it was unfair. And again, like, you know, you don't have to come on the show, but, you know, you text me back and, uh, and explain, okay, what, what did I say that was unfair? What did I say that went too far? There's a part of me that thinks like, oh, maybe he, you know, he thinks now that I'm not at ESPN, I don't need Ariel anymore. I don't know. Uh, because I can't think of any other explanation. I know he talks to a bunch of other outlets as well, and this isn't even about him coming on the show. I, I would talk to the guy a lot. Newsflash for a lot of you, I don't just talk to a lot of these guys on the show. A lot of them I have relationships with. A lot of them I'm talking to multiple times before I ever, ever asked them to come on the show. Um, that's just the way it is. That's how you keep up the relationships. Uh, and and this one was, was bizarre because I thought I was always really fair and... Um, you know, and, 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 and I kept it real with him. Um, so all this to say, I don't have an ax to grind. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm not trying to say, I was just trying to understand why they are giving him the title shot now. And I know that he's the most popular guy. And then I was trying to think if there was another person who had this kind of a layoff going into a title fight when they were not champion before. And so that's it. Um, I think, He's incredibly talented. I think he's incredibly popular. Uh, he's clearly the most popular guy uh, in the division who's available to fight for the belt. And it's going to be a fascinating world if he wins the title, and 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 we'll see what happens. Um, definitely, you know, definitely think it's going to be an incredible fight, whether or not he deserves it. He did enough. He's been active enough. Like the 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 Styles matchup is going to be incredible. Um, I just wanted to kind of explain where I was coming from there because I see people saying like, oh, why don't you have Colby on the show? Why don't you have this, that? Like, I haven't asked him to come on the show in maybe two, three years because he doesn't respond to my text. So there's no real way to ask him to come on. I just don't understand where things went awry. And if you are ultimately playing the heel, which is fine. I love that stuff. Obviously, as a, as a wrestling fan, I, 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 I advocate at times for people to lean in. Why would one critical comment, one negative comment, change the way you interact with me? Weird one. One of the weirder ones, and there have been weird ones over the years, I will, I will not lie. Uh, this one is certainly up there. You know, it's not weird. Cash app, they are not weird. Speaking of relationships, by the way, that have gone awry in my sort of state that I'm in right now, I did want to also mention, I saw an interview with Patty Pimblett. Um, in GQ UK, I think it was yesterday, and uh, they asked him about our 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 drama from from this time last year, the Wednesday show before the final pay per view of the year. Um, as crazy as that sounds, and uh, you know, actually, uh, it it was the first time that I've ever read or heard Patty say that, like, yeah, maybe the words were a little bit too intense, the weight cutting, all that stuff. Did call me a snitch? Did call me all this stuff? His, his version of the story about me telling him not to take a, a paid gig, still untrue. Uh, I've already, you know, shown everything that there is to show. And, and they said that they were going to show stuff to refute my story and that never happened. I would never tell someone to turn down a paid gig just to come on my show. Um, and he said I was slagging him off. I never did that as well. And I still don't think I've ever done that ever since uh, that interview with Dana. But that's neither here nor there. I did reach out to... Uh, someone close to him yesterday, um, don't need to say who, just to say and to send the message, not only to him, but to Graham as well, that I wish him the best, that I, I hope that there are still no hard feelings, that I hope that we can you know move past this, that I'm looking forward to the return, 
and um, I'm wishing them nothing but good things. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this fight. Again, this is a, a long-standing relationship, and it was a great relationship, and uh, I, I enjoyed it very much. And I don't really, contrary to what a lot of people may think, I don't want any of this um, drama or negativity or, or any kind of stuff. Uh, I'm not looking for it. Sometimes it's a byproduct of doing a show and being critical and talking about things, but it's not something I am seeking. I can assure you of that. And so uh, I didn't want to reach out to him personally just because I didn't want to start any drama. I didn't know how it would be received. I didn't want to be a distraction or anything like that. Um, but I did want to share that I, I feel this way. And uh, I'm certainly not rooting against him or or anyone um, ever. I don't, I don't want to root against anyone. I just want to enjoy the sport and watch the sport and um, appreciate the sport and the fights and the cards and all that stuff. And, um, you know, that's, that, that will always be my stance. And, uh, and hopefully it's, it's, uh, it's reciprocated and, and we can move on from all this. I think it's crazy that he's being asked about it in a GQ interview. Like that's a huge deal. I see him talking about social media and the negativity of the past year. Like, I don't want to contribute to any of that. Um, I don't want to be a part of any of that. I've not asked people to do that. I've not uh, tried to pile on, um, genuinely interested and curious to see how he looks, how he fights on Saturday. It's a big fight for him. Obviously it's a gigantic fight for Tony Ferguson and uh, it's it's one of the most anticipated fights on the card. So let's see how it goes down. Uh, Scott from Portland. Hey, Ariel, I was wondering if you had a strict set of rules for... We're going to go back to the questions, by the way. Um, still to come, Dave Lavelle, Benson Henderson, Anthony Pettis, Betts, etc. I was wondering if you had a strict set of rules for tipping when eating in a restaurant versus tipping when picking up takeout. I never know the proper etiquette and need you to weigh in. I'm also a big Connor consumer and a huge rickhead, so I'd like to hear their input as well. Restaurant... It's uh, at least 20%. Delivery, it's usually around 15 to 20%. The one that I struggle with sometimes, and I understand this isn't a thing in Europe, like you'll go and get, you know, I don't know, like a croissant somewhere and they ask you for the tip. Yeah, I I always give it, but it, it feels like it's getting a little bit crazy. But the way I think about it is I see some people saying like, look, you literally walked over there, got the thing and put it in a bag. The way I try to view it is, you know, you're just kind of giving them some love, appreciation for a job where they're on their feet for eight, nine hours. And, you know, at times could be frustrating and uh, not very fun. So I just want to contribute to that. Um, but it's amazing. Like when we were in Manchester, like when you go sit at a, at a restaurant, a nice restaurant there's, there's no line for the tipping. It's unbelievable. It's not even a thing. Crazy. I kind of feel bad for them. I feel bad for the servers. I truly do. What do you think, Frank? What's what's your what's your rule? They, set? they could just be paid properly. That's fine. Yeah, they should be taken care of there. But you think that's it? I tip. You think that's it? I tipped a couple times in when I was in England, and they were like incredibly grateful for it. They were very nice. I was like, oh yeah, of course. I'm just American and used to this. They're like blown. Away. They they they're almost like embarrassed to take the money. It feels like right. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, they just they just feel grateful to me. At restaurants, I'm pretty standard across the board, 20%. The worst thing happened to me, I was getting, funny you mentioned a croissant, it was a French bakery, but um, I put in no tip because it was counter service, and for whatever reason, the card reader didn't work, so then the lady was like, oh, you do it like this, and then was like watching me when I was going to hit zero on the tip, so instead I 
left a six dollar tip and wow wow you got you got shamed oh i'm a big i stand my ground i stand my ground i'm a no tipper on that stuff she then reaches behind the register and pulls out a tip jar and sticks it back in front of the counter like she remembered like oh i should be whoa (laughs) it's a seinfeld moment i mean there's times sometimes we're like i we're like i fetch my own water bottle or, or whatever and i just go to the counter to pay for it and like it asked me for a tip like there's by the way I, I, there's nothing worse than when you give the tip and they don't see it like the actual physical tip is is that is that the worst feeling or well, do you, you guys you i mean you you need this they need to see yeah. see you drop the dollar this, into the chip jar this is this is a seinfeld then, episode frank you take the you take the pressure yes. when they turn the ipad and they're staring you down yeah when they're no, I staring, stand my ground i stand my ground i think it was all planned by the way have you seen this episode of seinfeld where i think it's uh, george puts the dollar in the uh, in the jar and they don't see it. So, and then it's he's at the pizza shop, I think. And then the guy turns around and she's trying As to take the money out so that he could... And the guy thinks he's stealing from him. Yeah, that's good. Uh, that's classic. Uh, Uber amazing. tips. You guys tip on Ubers. Hardly. Of course. You don't? No. no. Really? It's wow. A good ride. It's a much... It's a, much, uh, it's a very new thing. Uh, I remember you used to not, not be able to tip on, on Ubers. I remember when Serious? Uber was literally. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. You used to not be able to. I remember when it was like a rideshare thing, where it's like, hey, you're you're heading from location X to location Y, and someone needs a ride. You want to stop and make some money on the way, and then it's turned into like I'm a taxi driver. I I don't. It just changed. DoorDash wow. and tipping heavy, Uber Eats, whatever, tipping heavy. I mean, people who don't tip on those, that's that's insane to me. Wait, but yeah. how different is the delivery? food person versus just the uber person wouldn't you Good tip point. both oh no i i typically tip on ubers but you know like frank said oh, it depends on the ride you just said you didn't so i no, 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 <laughs> all i did was ask frank said he didn't i hardly yikes was. yikes frank it, the, ride home. the big one where i don't is is the counter service i don't i don't i don't i don't crumble cl- to the i don't crumble to the pressure yo they almost make it impossible no, no, they no, almost dude. make it impossible. You just for hit you to no decline. tip. Judge me. I, I'm okay with you judging me. Whoever designed the articulate iPad thing, where they could just roll it over to you. Yeah, you roll it over. You stare yeah, at that me, was smart. and then you, you, I will look you in the eye while I hit no tip. Here's the, wow. here's the reality of the situation. If you do leave the tip, they're not going to remember it was you, right? The the George Seinfeld situation that you're talking about, all this, the guilt that you have, they're not going to remember. Oh, that guy left that tip so there is no guilt the same way they're not going to honestly remember that you didn't leave the tip uh they're not going to remember next time you come in it doesn't matter um so you have to decide do you want to be somebody who tips for that to to service people or not uh don't be guilted into the situation i can't can't, and and that is coming from somebody who tips on delivery pickup i do tip on delivery pickup just because i imagine that they're kind of so um, underpaid. So even if I walk in and just grab the bag and go, I will tip. Oh wait, wait, wait! But, yeah, you, I, you tip when you go and pick up food as well. Yeah. Oh, tip yeah, yourself. See, no, I'm not doing you're, that. You're no, money I'm not in tipping your on that. But no, if I'm coming to pick I won't up, be guilted. It's not because they're like looking me in the face. That does not does not yeah. matter to me. Barbers, I will not be. I will not be pressured. I tip. Barbers, I was told too. by my barber not to tip. Oh, I tip barbers uh, fairly heavily. I feel like they're waiting for you to tip. Like they. Plus, I tip my yeah, I feel like the tip is built in. I feel like the tip is built in. He for, literally told for me Frank's you do not have to. If there's tip anyone me. that I'm going to overtip, by the way, it's he, the barber because like you can screw up my shit. 
I don't want. Now it makes sense why Frank hated his beard so much. You think a lot about this, like people hating you because you like don't tip enough, Ariel. Yeah. yeah, don't be guilted. Don't be no, guilted. I don't, do it. I don't feel the do guilt it for the, I just, the like, right you, reasons. Yeah, you do a great job. Anyway, Here you go. I live, I live with immense amount of guilt. My whole life is <laughs> being swallowed what about by guilt. When something's calm, my whole life. Do you tip on that? Free yourself. It it will feel so much better that you're doing it because you want to help them instead of because this is you're a feeling constant the pressure. In my life. Everything what, I do, I, I do out of avoiding guilt. How do y'all feel about? How do you feel about you're removing you're removing the joy you're removing the joy from yourself and from them it's the worst tip because you want to tip guilt? them are, are you talking about built in tip yes how do you feel about that automatic gratuity like 20% built Easy. in sure go if for it if they tell you only you the yeah only if there's a reason it. for it right large have, party feelings, whatever yeah. that is Right, I'll right. A large party, like, uh, or like me and Frank went to like a Thanksgiving dinner. I understand that they're going to be incredibly uh, busy, though. I will say Frank didn't catch it. Tipped, an, tipped another twenty percent on top. Oh, that's the worst. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Ultimately, we got that. I think, that, it, though. I think it's unfair. Uh, the tip should be from your heart. It should be like, okay, I agree. You like the I agree. You did. What if the service is terrible like, and you and you have to do a twenty percent tip like agreed. built in? It's just like whether well, the service was Only, terrible, man. Only large party or some reason that it has to be built in. Otherwise, you you can't just build it in. Come on, We're, we live in society. Ninety eight percent of the time, I'm just I'm just dropping the twenty percent. I have a friend that it's just that tips is. extra hard on happy hour because he's like, this is really a way for. The I understand that. Get. I don't necessarily agree with that. I get it. Happy yeah. hour, the quantity goes up, therefore the twenty percent hits harder. Oh, does does it feel okay. like? Uh, <clears throat> Does it feel like tipping culture has, you know, feels like it's progressed, you know? I feel like it it's one like of those things. It's more forced that, on us. Yeah, it's been, the burden has yeah, been passed Not on in us. Europe. Oh, yeah, in Europe, it's great. All right, let's love move it. along. I love it. Uh, Dr. Tom Kenny. Hi, Ariel. I listened to the interview with Bisping and Chael. During the interview, they discussed the debate you had with Chael in the MMA Hour recently. Chael noted that he takes the approach as giving his opinion while you give the news, which brings me to the question. This is something that Chael has um, struggled with a little bit over the years, because I think he thinks that my role is to just give the news. This is the problem that we had during the Ariel and the Bad Guy early days, when clearly I'm also evolving. And, and, and honestly, the reason for that was when I got to ESPN, I was just mainly the news guy. Even on this show, I was not really giving a lot of opinion. But they wanted me to transition away from the news guy and be more of the opinion guy, Ariel and the Bad Guy, etc. And so I had to kind of bring that out. Um, and I think that was, that was news to him. And I think he's still sticking to that uh, in any event. Is this an issue with journalism today? I always thought that a journalist should report the news and provide the information while keeping accuracy and reliability. Is this more difficult today with sports journalists reporting news but mixing it with their opinion on the same feed? Uh, do you find it difficult to balance providing news and opinions? I mean, you just have to know the lane that you're, you're occupying. And yes, it's a little bit different now. There was once a time where I was just talking about this today when I was talking to the students at my, my, my high school. Um, you know, there weren't that many outlets to get news. There was the six o'clock news. Walter Cronkite, the most trusted man in America, would come on and he would give you the news and there was no opinion. And now you tune in to the quote unquote news, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, etc. And they're mixing news with opinion. The, 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 the newscast is a mix of news and opinion. And I find it crazy that we're tuning into these outlets to get news when in reality we're getting slanted bias news we're getting a certain type of news now you could go to some outlets out there you know you go to the nightly news you go to you know the 6 p.m 6 30 news you're getting more of a unbiased news but if you go to like 
I don't know, sports news, it's weird that if I went on SportsCenter and I said, like, they're, they're asking me to come on the, you know, and, and, and talk about Tony and Khabib. And I'm like, yeah, I hope that Tony gets smashed and he sucks and um, he's crazy for thinking X, Y, and Z and blah, blah, blah. That would be inappropriate. But yet for some weird reason, when you're talking about the real stuff, the news, it's okay to show extreme bias when you're talking about politics, the White House, et cetera. That is very bizarre. So I wish we went back to a time where it was a lot more down the middle and where it wasn't all, you know, mixed infotainment and all that stuff. I think that's very dangerous. Um, but, you know, if I'm being honest, I, I saw that conversation and I didn't really have an issue with what Chael said. I, I still think he's holding on to this idea that I'm like the the straight news guy when in reality, like there's a lot more to what we're doing here um, as far as the opinion and the hosting and the personality. I saw that Michael Bisping took a couple of shots at me in that one. And I've noticed a couple of shots over time. I don't know what that is all about. I, I like Michael a lot and we've always had a great relationship. Um, and he was parroting this thing that I'm so negative about the UFC and the UFC. I mean, like, honestly, the people who say that, are they just not watching the show? Like, what has been negative? Wh when are we negative? Is it is it because, like, when there's a critical thing that happens or a potentially negative thing, we're the only ones that have the balls to bring it up and talk about it in, a, in an in-depth way and not hide? Is that why? Because I would say like the show on Monday was all about, you know, 296 being great. Last week was about Austin. Today is about like, when, when are we really negative? And so I hear him saying, oh, it's all about negativity and it's all about Dana White and it's all about this. When are we, when are we unfairly negative and when are we harping on the negativity and when are we ignoring the positive greatness of the sport just to talk about that? It's all bullshit. It's not true. But yet I see some of these people harping on that and, and um, parroting that. And it's a little bit disappointing. Um, but I would like to think Could that I, the people that tune into the show recognize that that's not what the show is. And that's not what I'm about. And um, I love combat sports. And uh, I, I feel like I, I try to shine a positive light on it. Um, it's, it's, you know, we, we try to have all kinds of people on the show and people will say like, oh, why do you have this guy? Why do you have that guy? Or no one cares about this guy. We're trying to talk about the sport in the best way possible, the most positive way possible. And yes, there are going to be shitty moments and there's going to be controversial moments and there's going to be unsavory moments and all that stuff. If you, if someone did a deep dive on the show minute by minute for an entire year, I would venture to say that more than 90% of the stuff that we are saying is of, you know, positive nature shining a positive light. and by the way that is that is that is not the job the job is just telling it like it is but it just so happens that we love the sport and the fighters and the and the fights etc that it just ends up being that way you don't you shouldn't have to sit there and say i'm going to be positive today or you shouldn't have to sit there and say i'm going to be negative today it's just what it is and uh, i think it's unfair to say that it's too negative or that we're too negative or that i'm too negative but yet some people have been convinced over time that that's what it is because we're not you know overly positive or as they say bootlicking and things like that which you know is a little bit frustrating but uh i think the real ones know can i ask you a question yeah i believe that that is a symptom of the same thing like the stuff you were talking about at the top in terms of how news is delivered and the difference between opinion and uh, 
breaking hard news and journalism and all those things. I think media literacy is at an all-time low. I think most consumers don't know what media is or what they're actually getting. To me, that feels like the symptom of the same thing, which is what you're saying is we're presenting this thing and a lot of people don't know what you're supposed to be doing. They think you are supposed to be shining a positive light on the UFC and saying the UFC is great because XYZ thing, because it, it appears that that's what people want. That is why I imagine the news has shifted so much in that direction. Do you, do you think that's true? That media literacy is what's influencing all of this? Because that's, that's my thought on it. Yeah, to a degree, I think that there's a lack of trust in media. And so people think that there's always an ulterior motive and they think that there's uh, an ax to grind. Um, and obviously my you know, relationship with Dana White in particular has been well documented and it hasn't been positive over the past seven years. So people think that I have an ax to grind or think that I'm you know, trying to shit on the UFC and that I, 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 I'm trying to take them down and all this stuff. And it's, it's, it's total nonsense. I mean, we, we praise when the praise is, is, is needed and uh, we criticize when the criticize is needed. Um, you know, obviously the thing that happened in January, I was vocal about it because I think it's, you know, it's a thing that happened on camera in front of all of us. And um, it's a thing that there should be repercussions for. Um, and people looked at that as like having an Instagram, but I, I would like to think that if I saw another fighter do that on camera in front of everyone, not an accusation, but like you saw it with your own eyes, I would feel the same type of way. Um, but, you know, ultimately to answer your question, I, I think that people have a mistrust and they already have preconceived notions and they already think they know what they know. And so it's very hard to change their opinion. Um, for example, like w people will, will say that, you know, like I said, oh, you're too negative, you're too negative. Because like I said, I think the majority of MMA coverage is overly positive and it's not even positive. It's just not critical at all, which I think is just a byproduct of sports talk radio, right? Mike and the Mad Dog were critical of the Knicks, were critical of the Rangers, were critical of the Jets and Giants, but they still talked to the movers and shakers because they understood that this is, you know, the way sports talk radio is. But I think sometimes in our sport, because that is so uncommon, the lone wolves out there stick out more. Um, and Lord knows there's people that are way more, you know, like on this side than we are, but like it, they stick out more. And so then you just get painted with that brush. Plus in this day and age, um, you have a lot of UFC employees who are kind of acting as media, right? Um, and they'll never say anything remotely critical of the UFC. And so then it gets a little bit blurry as well. It gets a little bit gray as well. It's like, who's actually the media here? Um, because, you know, they're not going to say a thing. Why would they? They're getting paid by them. I wouldn't say a thing about, I'm not coming on this show talking about, you know, the trials and tribulations of Vox Media. That doesn't make any sense. I wouldn't expect that from them. The audience needs to know better. They need to know what they're looking at. They need to know where they're going for the proper news or information, I would just say. And uh, they need to consider the source. I don't know if that answers. I was going to ask. I was going to go off. I was going to go off the grid there for a second. Saw one that popped up here, Frank. I hope you don't get offended. Since we're in the holiday spirit, this is from Irwin. 
I wanted to know what is everyone's favorite Christmas movie. Let's start with GC. <coughs> you did this one last year. Did I? Yeah, that's why I skipped it. Cause, uh, wow. But we, let's do it again. Let's run it back. No, well, that's Christmas vacation. GC, give me Christmas vacation. Eyes wide shut. Watch the Grinch last night. It was great. Haven't seen that one in a while. Two thousands. Jim Carrey. Shout out. Elf. Also, you it's probably the top one. three right there. It's probably the top mm. three. Home Alone for me. Solid one or two? One. Mm, wow. Oh, oh, two. Two, two is definitely day. better. Yeah, two uh, sure. Okay, now I remember us doing this. Now I remember us doing yeah. this. Two all yeah, day. I love two. It's one of the great... Is Eyes Wide Shut a, a Christmas movie? Did we Absolutely. do that as well? God. More of a Christmas movie than Die Hard will ever be. I was going to say, I'm sure someone were going to get the Die Hard. Oh, yeah, Die Hard Christmas movie. Yeah, so good. Original. Alamo Draft House. Never heard that before. Put Eyes Wide Oh, by the way, while you're at it, is a hot dog a sandwich? While you're at it, is a hot yeah, dog a sandwich? Can we talk about Rick just getting illuminated straw? here? I yeah, mean, yeah, what's up with that? Beams of light coming out. Eric, my windows down. Got some natural light coming in. Illuminated by God over here. Eric, this one's for you, Daniel McKay. What's good, Hell, okay. Hell Warmy? I was wondering if you could shed some more light on the enigma that is Kaposa. You've often no. mentioned that his assistance in the end-of-year award show is pivotal and his seeming omnipotence in all things combat sports makes him a must-follow account for all MMA fans. All true. I'm assuming anonymity is important to him and I not want you to reveal anything personal. But I'm curious as to the nature of your relationship outside of the award shows and how far back it goes. Thanks, guys. Keep up the great work. Danny from Donnie. I don't remember the first time I followed the prolific Kaposa. Um, for as long as I can remember being on Twitter, he was there. Uh, just yesterday, we were DMing, and I and I offered to, to pay him for his tremendous research. Um, I actually thought that his answer was incredible. He declined, and um, I don't know. In short, I won't read what he said, but in short, he says he does it um, out of the kindness of his heart, but um, as long as you know fighters are are sort of um, they are shown love for their incredible feats throughout the year, like that brings him joy, and that's all he needs. And it's like, how much more of an MMA fan, and how pure can you truly be? Right, like it's just it's just a, a beautiful response. Um, it's all about the fighters and what they do and what they sacrifice. I don't know anything about him. I don't know his real name. I don't know where he lives. I wouldn't obviously say it if I did. Uh, I've never met him. I know zero about him. I think maybe Rick knows something. Have you ever met him or am I crazy? I've tried a few times um, and it just never worked out. You know, obviously uh, I used to do PR for Glory Kickboxing and Coposa is a huge kickboxing fan and I've tried to get him to a few events but the timing never worked. He was out of town. I think he was in the on the West Coast at the time a few of the instances. So yeah, unfortunately I've never gotten to meet him. Um that'd be great one day I would hope to. Um but what a what a legend of a dude. And one of the only ones who when he says I'm only doing it to highlight the fighters, I would believe. Pretty much anybody else I'd call BS, but he's the only one who every single minute of every single day is doing that for no monetary gain, right? He is just there as this resource um, because he loves it so much. So shout out to that guy. Like he's, he's one of the, the, tr the real ones. Legend. Uh, love him. And uh, I remember there was one time where he was uh, banned from Twitter. That was a dark day. 
thankfully it was rectified. That's the first time I've ever done a unban this person from Twitter post because most yeah, of the I time I can't, well. I can't give MMA, a MMA, quote unquote, but... Twitter, MMA Twitter, whatever it is. And Lord knows it has become bastardized and is like, here's my thread on uh, the top five, like nonsense, nonsense, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> Favorite UFC <laughs> knockout? All star. Favorite submission? All star. All star. Favorite blah, 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 blah. Oh I'll start. And that they always get thousands what, of likes and a million responses. Yeah, the worst. That guy should be what MMA Twitter is. Like, what, like that, is the, that is the prime example. No, but he they, is the quintessential MMA Twitter account. That's what it should be all about. Mm, um, but, but then you, you lose. It becomes too homogenous. He needs to stand out. I don't we want need, everyone to be him. him but guy. I'm just telling you, all of you are doing it wrong. He's doing it right. <laughs> uh, Steven Lanzi. Shalom, Ariel. How many teams do you have? Just kidding. Good one. The UFC is having a card in California for the first time in years with 298. Conspicuously, the California State Athletic Commission just passed a resolution to allow power slap in the state. We didn't talk about this on Monday, and I wanted to talk about it. I've long respected Andy Foster as one of the best, but the regulatory capture in this industry seems to prevent substantive change. What is the core of the problem and how does it get fixed? Much love, your boy, Lancey. So uh, on Saturday, we found out that um, BKFC and um, Power Slap uh, had been given a provisional license in 2024 in the state of California, which I have often said the California State Athletic Commission is the gold standard when it comes to uh, regulatory commissions. I will admit, I was very surprised. I wasn't surprised about BK. They would be the 34th state. And I think it's inevitable that the majority of the states are going to sanction it. I was very surprised about SLAP. Because of my conversations with members of the Athletic Commission in the past, because of how dangerous I think it is, because it doesn't really feel like a sport, there's no defense. The stuff that they have done for you know studies on the brain, for helping fighters, the pension all that stuff, I was very, very surprised. So when I first saw the story, I was like, wow, that's crazy. Then I found out about the provisional license, which means they will hold one event, then they will do a bunch of data, breakdown, research, see what happened, and um, decide if they will give them a full license. I don't, maybe I'm being naive, I don't think that it is tied to 298, I don't. I'd like to think that that is not the case. One thing that was brought to my attention which I do think is a solid reason for all of this. And I'm curious to hear what you guys think about it. As of last Friday, anyone could pitch a tent in the state of California and say, we're doing a slap fight event and, uh, you know, let the good times roll. There'll be no medical supervision. There'll be no one looking after them. Like, it was just like, you could do it, bang, 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 and God bless. Apparently, uh, due to the rise in popularity of this quote-unquote sport on social media, kids, frat members are, are doing these things. Um, and that could be very dangerous as well. And so I think that part of the line of thinking was, all right, it's a thing. Rather than letting any promoter quote-unquote come in and put on this event having kids do it all that stuff now it has to go through us and now there's only one entity which you know 
as crazy as it is the UFC loves it's like they are the most professional and they are the ones that are, have their reputations to uphold and all that stuff they're the only ones that could do it um as much as we don't like it we have to come to terms with the fact that it's a thing and that the UFC and Dana White are pushing it so much I could kind of live with that and 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 see what they have to say about it afterwards I don't want to be there I don't want to I, don't, I just don't care it's not like I'm trying to prove some kind of point I'm just not interested in it. Um, I'm not going out of my way to watch it just because I, I like. there's nothing that appeals to me with this slapping thing. But if that's the reason why they're doing, with, doing it, sanctioning it for this one event next year in the summer of 2024, I could sort of live with that because I do think this could be very, very dangerous if people are emulating this. Um, now, of course, there's, you know, when the UFC says like they, you know, they were running towards regulation and they want to be... There's a little boxing out happening as well. If you get the license to do it and, you know, Joe Schmo doesn't get the license, you know, that's that's good for them. That's good for the UFC. Now they're the only game in town. So there's obviously a business element to it. But I do think that um, this is growing. It's a thing. And I think that it's a, it's a thing that, you know, could be very, very dangerous and I still think that California is the the gold standard. And um, I'd rather it be regulated and there have actual officials and, and medical supervision as opposed to none. So it almost seems like it's something that was inevitable and had to happen. And I'm curious to see what what happens after that one event. But th- that, that's the, you know, after talking to people and trying to understand how we got to this spot, um, that was the sense that I got. I don't necessarily think that everyone... Look, Andy Foster, by the way, isn't the only guy in the California State Athletic Commission. Like He has a very strong say on the matters, but uh, he isn't the only guy. So we have to recognize that as well. And um, while he is the face of it, and while I think he is the best at what he does, there's other matters at play. And um, yeah, I'm, sh- I'm shocked. I didn't think it would happen. BK, I thought would happen. Not this. Um, and Nevada at this point has to regulate BK. I mean, how could like how can you justify against it if it's in California and all these other states? So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And it's interesting that they even want it to be outside of Nevada. Like you have it at the apex. Like, can you really fill up an arena with something like this? Why do you need for it to be in California? Seems like it's perfect in Las in Las Vegas. But what do I know? Um, all right, them's the questions. Um, in a moment, we're going to be joined by Dave Lavelle. Oh, another one that we wanted to talk about on Monday that we didn't have time to talk about was PFL show. Excuse me, uh, MVP showing up at the PFL event to face off with Cedric Dubé. I would love this fight. I would love to see this fight. I would be all into this fight. I do think that he inevitably goes to the UFC, and I do think that there was some negotiations happening there. Um, I think the PFL would like to have MVP, but I just don't know if he ends up there. Maybe something happens and, and maybe they, 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 they give him the sweetheart deal. Um, that would be an incredible fight. That would be an incredible fight. MVP versus Cedric Dumbe. But I, I think ultimately that was, uh, you know, playing hard to get type of thing, right? Like openly negotiating. Um, so there's no deal there. I saw some Twitter account say that he had signed with the PFL, that is not true. Um, so let's see what happens. But uh, that's, I th- 
you know, all, all I can say is that he has not signed with the PFL. And then if I were to try to read the tea leaves, tea leaves, I would say, I think that that was a little, you know, playing hard to get, if you get what I'm saying. Um, let's see if it works. Maybe it doesn't work. Maybe, maybe they get offended by it all. Um, it's not a bad plan B. I'll tell you that much. I would love to, I would love to see that fight. I don't know how many other fights there are after that one that would be of interest, but uh, that would be a tremendous one for Doombay. It would be the perfect next fight for Doombay. There are some others out there. Pettis would be a fun one, but this one would be incredible. MVP versus Doombay. Sign me up for that. Thank you very much to our good friends over at DraftKings Cash App as well for their support. Um, Going to be joined by Dave Lavelle uh, in a matter of moments and then Anthony Pettis and Benson Henderson. You may be asking yourself, you keep talking about this uh, Anthony Pettis-Benson Henderson fight. How can you watch this fight on Friday? You can watch this fight by visiting karate.com for viewing details in your region and or you can catch the free global stream on the official Karate Combat YouTube page. The main event fighters are expect to be, expected to be in the ring around 10 p.m. Pacific. That's 1 a.m. Eastern time. So that would be on uh, Friday. The day before UFC 296, Thursday, tomorrow, World MMA Awards. Are, are, the, are the lines closed for that, GC? Are, or is there still some activity for, uh, you know, you guys were talking about me being the underdog. Is there still some activity to be had? Uh, I actually think the lines are closed. You can no longer get it. But I, you closed as a, a sizable favorite. Oh, because I opened up as an H-Dow. Yeah, I, I I threw a shekel at dog money. I mean, you, you feel like you kind of had to, right? Well, you didn't have to. Just, you know, appreciate the support. Unfortunately, this program uh, not not as good of odds. Yeah, what were we? Were we the biggest dog? Which is crazy. Yeah, I think we were like a plus eight hundred. No, no love over here. It's it's crazy that we're up against like the Ultimate Fighter and Contender Series and stuff like that. I still think that that's a little bit weird. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah, I think it, I think it was embedded. Uh, Completely different show. Yeah, I mean we can't get well, like, that, that's like a show. Anakin Florian, tough, tough. I don't oh, think tough. Anakin Florian, uh, morning combat. Tough. tough would tough would Connor. Yeah, I mean I think Did we opened as I think we opened as good odds and then we just plummeted. We just plummeted a lot of line movement, no money coming in on us. So uh, we got crossed. the nod over tough with Connor. Yeah, I think so. I, I, what, what is? Who are the nominees? I don't know. Let's see. You can watch it. I think tomorrow night on ESPN Plus. Yeah, I'll be tuned um, in. The, you know, I'll have the I'll have the champagne on ice for the old MMA hour, but you know, might have to might have to hold it over. Do you go to Vegas for, for the first time? I'm praying, man. It, something something's gone seriously wrong if if I don't. <laughs> whether it's International Fight you, Week, whether it's whether it's UFC 300. 300. Whether it's to accept the the award for programming of the year for the MMA Hour, you know, something will have gone seriously wrong if I don't. We got close this year, right? What was it? Uh, International Fight Week. We got incredibly yeah. close. I mean, negotiations got got to the finish line. I mean, things were booked, and uh, you know, unfortunately, it wasn't seen through. Were things booked? I mean, Luxor was booked. Luxor was booked. Yeah. You know, studio. Uh, you know. All oh, right, right. Had the studio booked. So yeah. it was all booked. Yeah, a lot was booked. A lot was booked. Next year, though, 
2024, we make the debut in Old Sin City. Beginning of the year, if you had uh, a choice between first trip to England or first trip to Vegas, what are you taking? England, for sure. Serious? Been, really? Been dying I, to go to England forever. Really? I think I, I enjoyed like Manchester Vegas has more meant than a I would lot have to enjoyed you. Vegas. I mean, it's the fight capital of the world, and I haven't been. As a true fight fan, can I even say I'm a fight fan if I haven't been to the fight capital of the world? Uh, all right, the nominees, we, we, were, we were going up against Contender Series and Embedded as well. Yeah, it's tough. And Anakin Florian in Morning Combat. Great company to be there, though. Great company to be there. No tough, huh? I'm surprised about that. No, no tough. Well, let's see. Fingers crossed. Uh, I mean, congratulations. Cross the fingers. No, of course. Uh, congrats to all the nominees. Uh, it is always a fun time, and it's amazing. I think that they've done the World MMA Awards. I think this is the 15th year. It's pretty remarkable. Some people thought they wouldn't last, but here they are. Surviving and, 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 and thriving. It's a beautiful thing. Just like UFC 296 is a beautiful thing. What a card this is, guys. What a card this is. Randy Brown against Muslim Salihov. Martin Boudet against Shamil Gassiev. Andre Touchy-Feely back in action. Always enjoy watching him fight against Lucas Almeida. Tajir Ulan Bekov going up against Cody Durden. Cody Durden from? Georgia. Covington, Georgia. Do you know where that is? Yeah, I think that's where he was born, but he's fighting out of ATT Alpharetta, if I'm not mistaken, which is the old hometown. No way. Supp- supporting dogs from ATT Alpharetta has worked before in Rafael Asuncao. Uh And, you know, we're going to go back to the well with Cody Durden. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking is like close yeah, to Atlanta? Very close, yeah. About, about 25 minutes up the old highway. Georgia oh, 400. Shout out. Is it next to Cobb County? Uh, it's, it's close to Cobb County, but it is in Fulton County, which is the county. Okay. Oh, I love in. Fulton County, of course. Uh, Lonzo Menefield against Dustin Jacoby, Casey O'Neill, Ariane Lipsky, Cody Garbrandt against Brian Kelleher, Carol Hosa against Irene Aldana, Josh Emmett against Bryce Mitchell, and then the main card. Oh, my God. Buckle up. Vicente Luque against Ian Machado Gary, Patty Pimblett against Tony Ferguson, Shavkat Rachmanov against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, Alexandre Pantoja against Brandon Royville, and the big one for the welterweight title, Colby Covington against Leon Edwards, and of course the man who will be in Leon Edwards' corner, his head coach, the man who has been by his side for all these years, the man who inspired him to get over the hump and knock out Kamar Usman back in August of 2022, is the head man over at Renegade in Birmingham, England. He's the one and only... Dave Lavelle. He's kind of joined us from Las Vegas. There he is, Big Dave. Coach Dave, how are you, sir? I'm going. I'm good, Ariel. How are you? I'm doing well, my friend. How's the technology over there? You you str- You don't have your sons by your side to help you out this time. <laughs> yeah, Tim's here. We're at we're actually at the apex now because Leon's got a lot of media to do. So we're just um, going to speed be down here for the next couple of hours. So you know, I've hooked you up down here. But uh, yeah, Tim's just sorting out the technology for us. What a legend that Tim is. Appreciate him very much uh, for, for helping us out. Can you give us insight, Coach, into how Leon is doing? I, I, I noted on, um, on Monday when we spoke to him, he seems so confident now. There's no pressure. There's no politics. There's no campaigning. There's no give me my shot, give me my time. 
he feels like a champion when you talk to him. It's oozing off of him. Can you can you speak yeah. to that? And, and and am I correct in my assessment? Yeah, you are. You are definitely hundred um, percent, Ariel. He's it, we, listen. We are totally aware of the task in hand. Um, this may be in many ways. Um, I wouldn't say bigger than the Kamara fight because he won the title off him to take it, but um, it's not far from it because we know. You know, the ballyhoo that goes along with it. Um, obviously, the hype, what Colby brings. Um, but yeah, Leon is, is secretly confident and we're looking to do um, we're looking to do a job on Colby just to, again, even though if you remember in our last um, conversation, I says when Leon beat Usman uh, the third time in London, for me, the greatest thing was he silenced all the haters and the, the doubters. But obviously, there's still... There's still uh, a percentage of doubters out there, and I think Leon um, beating Colby and beating Colby in a good fashion, I think that would definitely, definitely put all that um, put that all under the carpet. You know, is there a difference in this Leon Edwards going into this fight in Las Vegas with the title defense under his belt, as opposed to the Leon Edwards going into the third fight with Kamara Usman? at home with the pressure of proving that the the knockout wasn't a fluke and all this stuff like do you feel a difference between this guy and the guy who fought back in march well we've we we we, we don't take nothing for granted ariel he's still being looked at as the underdog isn't he we're, we're in the home um we're in america which is um colby's territory we're aware of it and um, obviously the um the trump following etc so we, we know what we're up against and um we, we've left we've left nothing to chance, um, and Leon he's got he's got like a secret. I've seen this guy. He's like um, how can I put it? He's got that secret assassin head on. He knows what he's got to go out there to do to get this this victory. Look good doing it. So um, yeah, Colby may just be in for a hell of a surprise for um, Ariel. Trust me. How much do you get involved in the sort of you know? the route that he takes. In other words, I asked him on Monday if he was annoyed that Colby, who had been sitting out for two years, is getting a title shot when he had to scratch and claw to get a title shot. Did you feel the same way? Were you annoyed? Were you trying to convince the powers that be through management, through whatever, to go a different route? Or are you just the type of coach who says, give me the assignment. I don't care about that nonsense. Okay, this is the guy. Let's go figure out how to beat him. Well, it's like this, Ariel. We can only deal with what's in our control, yeah? Um, this is out of our hands and um, the powers that be if they want that fight to happen they're going to make it happen regardless of what we think um, we just know that we've got a job if they've got him down as um, uh, Leon's second um, uh, contender for his title then so be it um, Colby knows how to sell himself uh, he's a character to us he's a meme but we need these kind of guys in the game um, so obviously he puts bombs on seats he's um Dana White, uh, one of Dana White's top boys, uh, along with Donald Trump's top boys. So yeah, you know, it, it is what it is, and we just we just take it as um, another day at work, and we're not we're we're, we're not um, you know in any way you know going to get uh, pulled away from the task in hand with all the ballyhoo that's going on under the side. So we just got to do what we got to do. It's just another job for us. Because, as you say, you know, top boys and all that stuff. Uh, do you think? The powers that be want Colby to beat Leon. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent, mate, hundred percent, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, he's got the president, well, the ex ex president, coming to the fight. Um, 
you know, uh, Kobe's really, is he justified to have this position? But the connoisseurs of MMA know that he isn't. He's sat down for how long? Um, he's fought how many opponents? And look at the quality of the opponents that he's fought. Um, so is he really justified for it? I could name a few that may be. Can you hear me there, Ariel? There. Oh, yeah. We lost you there for a quick second, but now you're back. Yeah. I was just saying, we know I could name a few um, contenders that would be justified for it. But Kobe isn't one of them. But um, we just got to deal with what's in front of us, Ariel. Yeah. Um, do you try to, like, feed into that with Leon? Do you try to tell, you know, the world is, you know, this, this world, that Vegas is against you, America is against you, the ex-president is against you, they don't want you to win. Are those things that you use as motivation with Leon? Well, yeah, he takes that on board anyway, naturally, regardless. Um, excuse me. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah we, we, we take that on board, but again, I remind him of it, you know, as part of my job too, to know, listen, son, you've never been given any favors, so never be looking for none. Um, and that's the, that's the mindset we've got. Um, we don't look for no favors off nobody, Ariel. Um, you can see through his career, he's not having any favors. So what, what, what's going to change now? Now he's the champion. They're still looking to knock him off that pedestal and give it to somebody that they think maybe is more of a, a marketable um, guy, kind of guy with Colby with his razzmatazz, et cetera, et cetera. But um, that's the fight game, Ariel. And we just got to do what we've got to do as a team as and, and Leon as, as, as a champion yeah as as Leon's head coach what concerns you most about the task at hand on Saturday what concerns you most about Colby what concerns me most yeah um, listen um, what concerns me most if it's a close fight um, you know I don't again don't expect Leon to get any favors so whether it goes the distance, Leon's going to win this convincingly that the world can see it, like he did with the Kamara fight in the third fight. Um, if it's a close fight in America, you know as a white fighter, you're never going to get no favours. Um, so we're aware of that. So should it go the distance, Leon's going to look very good, win convincingly that the world can see that he's won. Um, but preferably, um, a stoppage would, 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 would obviously put an end to all that, wouldn't it? Um, and yeah, so Leon's going out with a demon set mind. He's going out with that assassin mind. Um, and yeah, we're looking to um, finish Colby. And this is the f I always imply to my fighters that we never go out looking for the knockout. But if it happens, it's a bonus. But on this, we slightly change the rules. And we're going out to um, put the hurt on Colby early. And what happens from there, we'll, we'll see what happens from there, Ariel. So, so Leon is a very measured uh, fighter, striker. You know, he, he, he takes his time. He doesn't rush things. Is there any concern that yeah. he will rush things in order to put the hurt on him oh, yeah. and thus stray away? Yeah, without revealing too much, um, you're going to see a different Leon Edwards in this fight. Uh, he's not oh. going to be that guy that's lying, lying back looking to snipe and pick. He's going to bring it to Colby. He's, gonna, he's going to, you know, match Colby in every department where he's wrestling. We know Colby's supposed to be this wrestler with this, this cardio, top cardio machine. But me as head coach, I set plans way ahead of any of Leon's previous fights. And I always knew Colby was going to creep in when, whether he was the, maybe the um, second um, uh, challenger, maybe the third. 
So between fights, don't you fool yourself. I've been onto Leon in a way that maybe I've not been onto him so so harshly before about the um the running issue between 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 camps is the running I needed him. Yeah, he'd be going to the gym, going through his drills and his wrestling jits and the rest of it. But the main theme between his um, fights now, from the last um, Kamara fight in London, he's been putting the miles in on the road area, uh, building that engine, building that cardio, keeping the weight in check. So um, now it's all, this is, this is going to be the payoff for all that. So this cardio thing with Colby, you know, it's uh, what's going to bring his so-called cardio game, his wrestling game. Let me tell you now, Ariel, Kobe is going to be in for a massive shock when it comes to um, him testing um, Leon on the cardio aspect and the wrestling aspect because, you know, um, he may himself get out-wrestled and don't take that as with a pinch of salt, Ariel. I'm being deadly serious on this. And um, as for the cardio... Um, he's going to be in up for a drastic shock. He's going to see a Leon Edwards that maybe um, 99.9 people have never seen before. And um, yeah, wow. this is the um, the mindset he's got for this fight. What is your assessment of Colby's striking? Average. He's you know he's average. If you allow him to come forward and dictate the pace, then yeah. But you know we've seen when he's on the back foot, he's a totally different fighter. Um, Leon's aware of knowing he's got to hold his ground with Colby. Um, I'm not saying he ain't going to give ground, but he's give ground on his terms. Um, so yeah, you know, we've got every, every, every aspect covered on, um, Colby's, um, style of fighting, you know, he's, you know, um, Leon's got the advantage in the size reach. Um, we know how we're going to, um, make that pay to the full advantage. And, um, yeah, Colby's just in for, a, I'm going to tell you that Ariel, Colby's going to be in for a, a damn big shot. Trust me, mate. Trust me. I look forward to it. I can't wait. I'm just curious. Have you sensed any, you know, sometimes someone becomes a champion, they get a big head. Leon doesn't strike me as that kind of guy, but we know you as being the, the motivational speaker, UFC yeah. uh, in August of 2022 uh, in Utah. I mean, I just watched it a couple of days ago. It still gives me chills. Have you ever had to right. kick him in the behind and say, don't forget about where you came from and what got you here? Have you ever had to have those talks with him because you felt like he was getting too big of a head? Not at all, Ariel. Every now and again, the boys, because he's he's now living in um maybe let's say one of the better parts of Birmingham, or a nice apartment in um a nice apartment, but which he's entitled to do. You know, he's a champion. He's you know he's 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 gone to work. He's got paid, and he's put his money to good uses. Um, but as for reminding him, he, this kid is grounded, Ariel. You know, he's he's he's, he's a salt of the earth kind of guy. Um. And I don't really have to remind him. Like I say, me and the team, we give him a bit of ribbing about, obviously, moving uptown a little bit. But like I say, it's all part of the game. But trust me for one minute, Ariel, this kid, isn't. he hasn't lost any of his, um, what's that, fire. He hasn't looked, um, looking, he's not lost that, you know, that will to win. Um, not because he's now maybe um, financially kind of set. Um, he's now laid off anything. He's still, this kid's got greatness to prove, and he's got the necess- he's got the um, necessary tools and the mindset to be great and set his name in the Hall of Fame. And that's our goal from that, you know, because he's, he's a world champion. So all we've got to do now is solidify his greatness, and that's the quest we're on, Ariel. 
I'd be remiss if I don't ask you about this, Coach, because obviously there's been a lot of drama going up uh, to this fight, and it hasn't necessarily been between Leon and Colby. As you know, this uh, situation with Ian Gary has taken a life of its own, and everyone has weighed in on it from from Leon to Ian. I, I have not heard you weigh in on it, and uh, it feels very much like a matter that would pertain to you. So could I ask your side of the story? What happened with Ian Gary and Renegade? Uh, let's put it like this, Ariel. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens in England stays in England. We are not going to get um, carried away um, by anybody's um, tactics because they're looking to better their career. Um, Ian Gary, he came to our gym. Never fit in. He was doing things that me personally, as the head coach, never agreed with. And I politely asked the kid, um, in no disrespectful way, well, look, son, you don't fit in here. I think it's time for you to move on. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, that's the end of the story, Ariel. You know, um, there's been a lot of drama now that's came out about he was he was chucked out at just that gym, this gym. He just came to our gym. I'm not going into too much detail. Um one of two things, as I say, I seen as head coach, I didn't like. Um, so I just, you know, as I say, um, wished him all the best um, with his career and his life and um, asked him not to come back to the gym. And as far as I'm concerned, that's the end of it, Ariel. Okay. And, and so could I ask, it was your decision, right? Because people have been trying to figure out who's the It ultimately came down to you. Yeah, it, was, it came down to me. It came down to me. I didn't want my fighter to be distracted my fighter's got a big job in hand and I didn't want his mind having to switch to unnecessary things that I thought would distract him. Maybe um, he doesn't need this. He doesn't need Ian Gary. Ian Gary needs him. Um, and if he came in with the right attitude and played the game, who's to say he may have still been there, but it's just, as I say, without going into too much detail, one or two little things happened that we never, me personally never liked or the coaches never liked, but brought it to my attention. And um, and that's it. I just asked him to leave politely, shook the kids' hands, wished him all the best, and that's the end of the area. Would you welcome him back in the future? No. Okay, that's yeah. it. That's it. He's got his ties. That's it. Um, that's the way it is with me, Ariel. Um, I take you on board if you're a friend. We take you on board, and if I make you a friend, you've got a friend for life. But if you break my trust, if you break my um. You know, I wouldn't even say loyalty because I didn't know him long enough to maybe to show loyalty, but just his attitude maybe um, just didn't fit um, in the gym. Um, little things, as I say, without going into detail, what happened in the gym, um, I never liked. And, 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 and that's the area I just asked him politely to leave. And that's it. The end okay, of the story. One last question. When you told him that, did he receive the news well? Yes, yeah, he, he, he did, he did. There was another coach, the Ash Beg at the time, and when I actually told him and walked away, he then tried to plead his case um, with Ash Beg, who's the other coach, which then I had to say to Ash, listen, Ash, the decision's been made. I've said what I've had to say. We've got no more conversation with the young man. Please come in and leave it. He and Gary left, shook our hands, and that was it. Okay. Um, I, and I yeah. appreciate you you speaking about this because I know it's been a huge story, but a bit of a distraction as well. Have you felt like it's been yeah, a distraction yeah. for Leon? Sorry? Have you felt like it's been a, an unnecessary distraction for Leon heading into this fight? An unnecessary distraction? Leon's not really paid it no mind, to be fair. Um, okay. You know, he's not, not dwelled on it. It's not like, ooh, you know, it's an issue. 
It's not an issue. I mean, pe more people have made more of an issue of it than we have actually made an issue of it. And it happened in our gym. Um, you know, and then obviously the stories have come out about him leaving other gyms, etc. And what happens in the kid's life between him and his wife, that's that's not my concern. His personal life's his personal life. Um, he's got a child, he's got a wife, and I would like to know that what's happened would pull that up because I'm a family man also. And, you know, I would like to know that, you know, him and his wife has broken up through this. But at the end of the day, let's put it like this, Ariel. He's dug his own, he's, dug, he's made his nest. He's made his nest. He's going to lie in it now. So that's the way it is. Um, when Leon was trying to get a title shot all those years and he was frustrated and it was Kamaru and Colby and all these guys at the top, I remember speaking to Colby and he would refer to Leon as Leon Scott. He would be very dismissive right. of him, that he wasn't on his level and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm wondering if there's any symbolism here for uh, you and the team. Yeah. Leon's at the top of the mountain. Colby's the one that had to chase him now. You could be the one to end his title shots. He doesn't get another title shot after. He doesn't get another chance after this one. All those years when you heard him belittle and, 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 and refer to Leon as Leon Scott, not even refer to him as his real name, have you guys kept that inside here? And are you hoping that you know, you're, you're able to prove the point once and for all who's the better man on Saturday? Is this something you've tapped into as well? Um, you know what, Ariel, like I say, we can only deal with what's, <coughs> what's within our powers to deal with. Um, what's out of our powers, it's just going to play out that way. Um, uh, yeah, he was very dismissive of Leon, but now, obviously, he's, he's somehow got a third title shot, which everybody knows he's not really entitled to. Um, but it's happened, it's here. Um, and we just got to deal with, with the task in hand. Um, but yeah, you know, I think after this, Kobe's attitude towards Leon will be totally different because he's, this is his third bite of the cherry, yeah? Um, which he never really... And he knows, realistically, this is his last chance of being a world champion. You know, we're aware of this. Leon's aware of this. So he's going to bring everything he's got. He's going to... Throw it, he's going to go hell for never. He's going to go in there and give it everything he's got. So we, we, we're prepared in every aspect for it, um, mindset-wise, physical-wise. We've got every base covered. Um, and I think Colby will put some respect on Leon's name after Saturday because he'll have no option but to because either he gets knocked out or he gets beat unanimous on points. Um sail off into the wind or whether he wants to then stay in and fight, fight on to whatever, you know, um, to justify his career or whatever he thinks he needs to fulfill in the tail end of his career, then, you know, that, 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 that's his problem, not ours. But after Saturday night, I think Mr. Covington is going to have to put some respect on Mr. Edwards' name. I love it. Last question for you, Coach. And again, thank you for the time. On a, on a busy week for you guys, when you think about the fight, how do you, how do you think it goes down? How do you think it plays out? Personally, I think... Um, I think Leon, Leon is going to get him, is going to stop him round maybe round, round three, round four, possibly round five, because um, we've, we've, we've drawn out a plan, a three-set, maybe a four-set plan, for how the fight may go. Um, but like I say, um, for me, I would like to see Leon stop him. Um, we've set some plans for that to, to happen. Um, if it doesn't, then 
Leon Edwards win unanimously on points. Can't wait for it, Coach. What a time for Birmingham sports, huh? Aston Villa wins over Arsenal and Man yeah. City, and now it's your boys' time. It's a great yeah, time to be from Birmingham. Villa's making a lot of noise right now. So Leon's just going to play his part Saturday night, and God willing, we come away with the victory and um, leave them doubters, you know, scratching their heads saying, there he goes, done it again. <laughs> I love it. I, I can't wait for it. Best of luck to you, Coach. Thank you so much for the time. I wish you guys nothing but the best. Thank you for having me, Ariel. Pleasure. Speak there to he you is, soon, the great, yes, sir, the great uh, Coach Dave Lavelle of uh, Renegade in uh, Birmingham. And thank you to Tim Simpson, who, of course, is the manager for one Leon Edwards uh, for uh, helping to set him up with the technology over there at the Apex in Las Vegas. Oh, I can't wait for it. Leon going to out-wrestle Colby Covington? Sheesh. Are there any prop bets on Leon Edwards' takedowns? Come on. Imagine if Leon shoots for more takedowns than Colby Covington. Gosh, what a fight. What a card. What a card. Those five fights, just a little something for everyone. Oh, man. Uh, Ian Gary, Vicente Luque, Ferguson Pimblet, Shafkat, Stephen Tump, Liam, I mean, that is great stuff. Is that not great stuff? It's great stuff. Uh, watch party on Saturday night. Of course. I mean, it might be the biggest yeah. watch party of the year. Huge. Lot planned. So. Lot planned. Lot planned. What do you mean, lot planned? Yeah, we just got a lot planned, man. It's going to be exciting wow. stuff. Wow. What do you got? What do you got? Or Maybe open some rare cards. Uh, I mean, we're going to get festive with it. We got special opens. We got special transitions. I mean, it's we're emptying the clip. Last one of the year. Oh, Last yeah, one of the year, man. Man. I tell you, these watch parties sometimes get more uh, TLC than this show. I mean, what do you see this thing we got on, on Saturday? Are we going to have a split screen for Bam Rodriguez against Sonny Edwards or... Nothing, no. That's a good no. fight, you know. Flyweight yeah. unification belt. Listen, man, <laughs> it's a big one on Saturday. We're we're gonna need to be locked in. All eyes on uh, on Las Vegas, two ninety six. Yeah, it's a good one. Card of the year. Someone was asking me card of the year. Listen, the fights haven't happened yet. We can't say that. Yeah. There's potential though. There's right, potential. Right. There's potential. We just got to see how the fights play out. I mean, I after Jake wins on Friday. The card oh like, yeah. you know, Forgot about that. Forgot about that. What are you talking about for a subtle hate. I mean, what's the hate? Put food on the table. Yeah, put a a food on the table. I I just was commending Frank on making a good point about Jake Paul. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking for, I saw a quote here from the uh, zone to go from Disney Channel to world champion in less than six years. That is why I'm here, Jake Paul. Speaking on his story being potentially the wildest in sports history. And fight for the belt. Well, he already is a champion, no? I thought he was a champion. What was that belt? When was that? Last year we were talking about that? Was that last year? Holy smokes. When we, went oh, that, when we had the back and forth? The MVP Yeah, during belt? the Utah card. <laughs> that was last year. Man, time is flying. The The... the the Bohashinia New York Rick haircut episode, that was a year and a half ago. You're telling Oof. me that was a year and a half ago. That's was crazy, it? right? Yes, was, it was August uh, of 22. Wow. 
That is crazy. A year and a half ago, that's a, that was a great week. We went, we had MJF on the show. We had uh, Action Bronson, <laughs> and then uh, remember we went to uh, yeah out to Arthur, Arthur Ash. Shout out A Dub. Oh, that was great. Those were the days. Those were well. The days, in a matter man. of moments, what was that? No, I was, I was saying those were the days. Yeah, no, no, no. those were the yes. days. Those Might have been a little uh, leaking over, you know. We're setting up the uh, Benson and, sure, and sure, sure. Anthony Pettis. Okay. Now. All right, I can't wait for this. In a matter of moments, in seconds, my friends, we're going to have two of the greatest of all time joining us. Uh, the sun is setting in front of me here. I don't know if my lighting is changing at all, but uh, it's, it's a beautiful sunset. Should I light Do the I? seventh Thank candle? Thank you, Frank. Uh, it, mm, no, not yet. All right. Uh, more like 5.30, so uh, I don't know if we'll be on the air. We'll see. I'll, I'll let you know if the sun officially sets uh, here in Montreal. But uh, we'll go back to Las Vegas, my friends, because we have two of the greatest of all time, uh, surefire Hall of Famers, champions. Um, some have referred to them as uh, former foes or maybe even frenemies. Uh, they have fought twice before in uh, 2010, 13 years ago, almost exactly 13 years to the day. Uh, December 16th will be exactly 13 years to the day. WC 53, the final fight, the final uh, event, the final round, the final minute of the final WEC card. Uh, one of the great moments in the history of the sport. Super close fight. And then, of course, they fought again in 2013. On Friday, the night before UFC 296 at Karate Combat 43, at the World Market Expo Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. It will be, for the third time, Anthony Showtime Pettis against Benson Smooth Henderson at 170 pounds, five rounds. Like I said earlier, the karate combat rules, trips and throws are okay. No takedowns, four-ounce MMA gloves. They're running it back for the third time. And how about this? We've done face-to-faces before. Either I'm in the middle and they're on the sides of me, or there's three boxes. This time it's two boxes, they're sitting together in Las Vegas. I hope there's a lot of security there just in case things get a little bit crazy. Let's go to Vegas now and say hello to Anthony Pettis. <laughs> what? This is too, this is too, for, you guys, you guys look like your best buds are going on vacation together. You don't look like guys fighting each other. You look too happy. Hello guys. How are you? One other person in the room right now. One other person. Good, okay. How are you doing, Ariel? It's good to see you guys. So if things get a little bit crazy, someone's there to break this up. <laughs> yeah he's here man one guy okay all right <laughs> well i don't want that blood on my hands i don't want any problems uh it is wonderful to see you guys and this is such a cool opportunity to talk to both of you uh considering your history um can i start with you benson because i i remember you retiring not that long ago from mma why are you coming back to yep. partake in this uh opportunity in this in this promotion in this different kind of sport against your your old foe anthony pettis why are you doing this uh, well, I'm a competition junkie. I love competition. I retired from MMA, but I love to compete. I went and did a couple of jiu-jitsu things, went and did a college wrestling tournament. I just love to compete, and I'm uh, able to do a lot more of these, have some fun. Uh, they emailed me about getting my hands on this guy again. I was like, you guys give me a chance to get my hands on Anthony Pettis again? I was like, oh, man, I pay you guys money for that. So uh, I'm excited to compete against him again. For you, Anthony, you're, you're 2-0 and against Benson, and obviously you've kind of enjoyed like this free agent nomadic life post-UFC where you're getting to try all these fun different things. Why say yes to this opportunity in this particular fight? 
I grew up doing traditional martial arts. You know, my background, when I was five years old, I started with point sparring, and that's why I kind of transitioned to mixed martial arts. Um, so when this opportunity came up, it's like going back to my roots, and I get to recoup all the tournament fees I paid for as a kid, man. I like that. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, so when you're preparing for this, Benson, uh, what are you doing? Like, obviously, you're, you're so good at jujitsu. You've been doing MMA for so long. Are, are you actually training with these rules with the, you know are you wearing the pants are you doing the whole thing or is this your normal training camp uh pretty much normal training camp but yeah you have to be smart you have to be very real rule specific trying to take away is it no elbows and no thigh kicks you can kick to the calf and no thigh kicks so you've been doing that for the past you know five weeks specifically okay um how how aware anthony are you of karate combat of what they've been doing because you've been kind of out there looking at different opportunities and different opportunities are probably coming your way this is their 43rd event they're gaining some steam they've got gsp working with them boss rutin uh wonder boy has popped in as an ambassador of sorts uh because of your background in 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 point fighting and whatnot is this a product that you have been watching Oh, yeah, definitely, man. I mean, I still teach traditional martial arts in Milwaukee. I got three gyms out there that we still teach, you know, point sparring style fighting. Um, and, and the reason why MMA got so big for Milwaukee is because once a kid turned 15 years old, there was no place to compete at. So when Karate Combat came, I'm like, man, this is perfect for my businesses, perfect for my gyms, for, the, for a competition level. Um, for me, like, the only difference in difference is the the pit. You know, I've never fought in the pit in this in this thing. It looks dope, and the production the production looks dope. But um, that's, I mean, that's the only difference it be, between all of this. You know, mixed martial arts. Uh, obviously, the, the low kicks you take away that this guy's a master at these uh, calf kicks. Um, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be ready for it. Uh, Benton, I I read a quote and I wanted to know if it was actually legit. Like, obviously, you have the two losses, and one of them was well documented. We've talked about the first one a gazillion times. But I, I heard you say that it still haunts you that you've lost to Anthony twice. Is that is that legit? Like, is that is that a real word that you would use to describe your relationship with Anthony? Does does it haunt you that you lost to this guy? Well, I think any real competitor, anybody who has a you know competition at the highest levels, Anthony can say, anytime you lose, it's, it's haunting to me. Every single every every single of my losses. I can go back to freaking my college days, losing in the national final uh, semifinals to make the finals for my senior year. Uh, you know, wrestling, you know, like they, they all haunt me for sure. Uh, losing Anthony twice. Who else is there? I lost to uh, Chandler twice. Those those are haunting. Uh, I've lost to Assassin, uh, Primus, uh, all those. Uh, I can go down the list, everyone I lost to, and they all, uh, the day I don't probably think about those losses. Oh, I wish I could have those back. Give me another chance, you know. So it is what it is, you know. That's that's the that's what goes with me a competitor. And, and, and just following up on that, Benson, is this one that you never thought you would get a chance to run back and, and to avenge? In other words, like did this kind of come out of the blue and was a real pleasant surprise when you got the opportunity? Oh, for sure. Definitely came out of the blue from out of nowhere. I didn't expect anything like that. Uh, they emailed, they contacted my guys and I was like, oh, this, yeah, this, okay, it's cool. Let's do it. Let's go. You know, no, no problem. Uh, so, uh, but if I ever get a chance to compete against any of the guys I lost to, whether it's pickleball or table tennis or chess or karate combat, I'm going to jump at the chance. I'm going to jump at the chance. Uh, how would you have uh, described this training camp, Anthony? I saw one clip that they posted on the karate combat uh, social media. I think it was on Twitter. It might have been on both. And you were doing the kicks and stuff. And of course, like you're synonymous with the kicks. But I'm wondering if it feels like a bit of a throwback training camp for you because you've gone to tap into some of those things that you did growing up and just kind of 
you know, put the, the wrestling and, and the, the grappling and all that stuff to the side. Yeah, I actually haven't been grappling and wrestling a lot. All last year, I've been focused on boxing. So, um, you know, I was getting ready for a boxing fight when this opportunity came up and it just lined up perfectly. You know, I wasn't going to fight till February. Had December open, you know, I was in shape, ready to go. Obviously, you know, fighting Ben and fighting in my home, well, my new hometown, Las Vegas. I'm like, yeah, I had to do it. What, what were you going to do or what are you planning on doing in February? Boxing. I got a boxing match coming up. Okay. Is that announced? Not announced yet, no. But yeah. Okay, this I is a perfect uh, place to announce it. <laughs> go ahead. The floor is yours. Yeah. I, I'm going to be focusing on boxing next year. You know, I got, I got a lot of opportunities coming up in the boxing world. And, uh, you know, February was my first one. I want to fight some real boxers. And, you know, I've been sparring some top-level guys out here in Vegas. Um, Caleb Plant being one of them. I just sparred Lara for, uh, you know, Ben. He's a southpaw. One of, you know, Lara's one of the best southpaws when it comes. I mean, that was the closest Canelo got to losing a fight. And, I, you know, I've been going with him in his camp. He's fighting Danny Garcia. So, yeah, I just been in the I just been focus on boxing solely right now wow so are you officially done with mma not officially done with mma i'm just uh you know i fell in love with the the training camps of boxing i turned i turned my training camps more into a boxing camp and you know i i'm a coach here for hey capatio i'm one of you know one of the good coaches uh trains uh, tyson fury um, andy ruiz you know a lot of a lot of top level mexican guys too as well but um you know i fell in love with that process and you know i'm i live out here in vegas i've just been focus solely in on the boxing man and then when i got this opportunity um i still teach you know traditional martial arts so the kicks kicks are always going to be with me um so just you know changing the game plan changing uh you know the guy i'm fighting and and that's all went, went down a little bit and and who's your opponent in february um i can't announce that yet because it's not official okay so we're waiting, right. we're waiting for contract okay fair <laughs> enough uh i tried uh benson we're seeing a lot of the uh the mma greats transition over into boxing are you interested in doing this as well uh i'd give it a shot yeah for sure I, i'd be down for boxing um i you know i'm still the wrestler in me still loves the grappling doing adxc uh number two coming up pretty soon um so i i i'm i'm more the grappling side but boxing for sure i'd love to have a couple of muay thai fights i want to go over to freaking have a to thailand have a couple legit muay thai fights i would love that i want to have a couple boxing fights i want to have a couple muay thai fights have a couple more karate combat fights i'd love to have experience the the true width of uh actual mixed martial arts all of it all all the martial arts i'd love to have a couple of them all are you officially done with mma benson yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm done with MMA. Uh, it's my wife's turn for it with MMA. I let her take over. Her training still supersedes mine. She takes the number one precedent. So her her uh, training camps, her her PT, her 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 strength conditioning takes a uh, higher priority over mine. Uh, but then you know, so I gotta go pick up the kids from you know chess practice. I gotta go take them to school, uh, bring them home, and all that stuff. You know, um, and then her practices take uh, you know precedence over mine. And then when I can. I train a little bit and I, I have some fun. How would you describe, Benson, your relationship with Anthony? Like, just to break the fourth wall, is this awkward for you to be sitting so close to him doing this? Uh, we've been doing this long enough, man. It's, like, you get in the elevator and like, your opponent's in the elevator with you going up, to, you know, 20 floors. It's not that big a deal. Some guys don't have a hard time with it. Some guys, some of the young guys, they, they feel they need to compete uh on a more emotional side and they get mad at their opponents and this and that like i can get, be my best buds i've given my best buds in, in in practice and sparring some of the worst beatings of their life it's all good no worries same you feel the same way anthony 
Yeah, man. I mean, I, I spar my little brother and we fucking whoop each other's ass. You know, it's, it's like, yo, fighting sitting next to this guy, no matter what, you know, we're going to go out there and do what we're supposed to do on Friday night. Um, Right now, we're just, you know, we're two athletes trying to be the best. But considering, Anthony, like your relationship with him and, and, and you'll always be tied together because of the historic nature of the of the series of fights that you guys had, like when you would see him around, I'm sure you've seen him at events. Do you have the kind of relationship where you're you're saying hello or are you avoiding each other? Oh, man, I have this guy's phone number, bro. I, I text him when we got this opportunity. I'm like, yo, are we doing this? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So, I mean, it's, it's competition, you know? Like, I respect everything he's done in this sport, bro. Like, a guy like this has been fighting for this long. Um, it's kind of like myself. You know, we're kind of some OGs now. It's weird to say that, but we're kind of the OGs of this sport. And, uh, you know, got to respect that. And I'm assuming you feel the same way, Benton. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. For for very young. Is it is it kind of hard to um, I don't know process or digest the fact that you are OGs now? Um, I'll ask you, but like you know, you're the one who's officially done with MMA. I see a bit of the 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 white hair over here. Um, you know, the young guys are probably calling you sir and whatnot. You know, like I I, I remember your debut for WC. It doesn't feel that long ago, but now you're you know you're the elder statesman. Is that something hard to come to terms with? I would say it's hard to come to terms with. If it happened like on a light switch from day one to day, you know, to the next day, all of a sudden everything changed. But it's a, it's a gradual process, you know. You become a, uh, you're a new guy, then you become a veteran. You've been around doing it for a while, then you become, you know, it's, it's a gradual. It happens over time. So sometimes you're allowed to get used to as it happens. Do you have a lot of people, Anthony, who are coming up to you now and asking for advice on on kind of navigating the post UFC waters? Because I feel like you've you've done it better than most and you've been able to pick and choose these fun, you know, these fun assignments for lack of a better word. Are a lot of people asking your advice on all of this? Yeah, for sure, man. A lot of guys that are going to free agency, you know, reach out, um, even to my little brother and they, you know, they ask him like, you know, how did it go and how was the transition over? Um, you know, the UFC controls the narrative, man. Like they, they've done a great job at, you know, building what they built so far. It's crazy to see. Cause you got, I got younger fighters that are in a management company that would pass up opportunities to get a shot at the UFC. So, I mean, it's, it's what they've done in, in that world. Like, you know, they, they kind of control the narrative and it, it is what it is on that side. But, um, when, when I left the UFC, man, again, I, I was scared too. Was, I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, like I identified so much as a UFC fighter, a UFC champion, um, it took, it took a couple, I would say a couple of years, honestly, before I was like, all right, now I'm a free agent. I can do, you know, whatever I want. Even when I signed with the PFL, you know, everybody's like, oh, UFC guys don't compete with the PFL guys. So it's like, try, try to lose that, uh, that those three letters before your name is, it's, it's a hard thing to do. And I kind of stopped thinking about that now, man. Like I've done what I did in the WC. I've done what I did in the UFC, this chapter of my career, man, I'm, I'm my own, my own boss. I can decide what, I, what fights I want to take. And, uh, you know, it feels good to be here. Do you have any ties with the PFL anymore? Because even when I spoke to Don Davis, he mentioned you. Cedric Dumbay has mentioned you. Uh, is there any chance of you going back to the PFL next year? Yeah, I do have a ties with PFL. So I'm supposed to be on their pay-per-view card. So if I do do mixed martial arts again, we'll be on the PFL pay-per-view card. No more tournaments. Okay, so that you... tournament format, not for me. That tournament format's the hardest. Man, that's the hardest competition ever, man. For no lie. Like, you got to make weight, you know, every four weeks. And then I was doing it when they had the bubble. So like we had probably like two weeks home and then we go back in the bubble and then fight again. Um, so yeah, no more tournaments for me. Uh, do you do you have any interest in this Doombay fight? Do you know who he is? A million percent. Yeah, I was, yeah, of course, man. I, I was on that. You know, he I, he said my name, but I, I've been a fan since the kick. I mean, I watch all striking. I, I watch boxing, kickboxing, MMA. Um, uh, he's he's done amazing stuff over there, and he's still new in the mixed martial arts world. We got to see what you know 
see him fight a couple other guys and see how good he really is. But um, dude's dude's talented, man. Those are the kind of fights that get me excited to do a training camp. Okay, and and for both of you, is this a one-off with Karate Combat, or did you sign a multiple fight deal, Benson? I, I for me, it was a, a one fight deal. Okay, same. One but it sounded deal. Benson I'm like definitely you... open. Okay, so it sounds like both of you would be open to doing this again, right? Because I I heard Benson say that. Uh, this is something that you kind of like and, 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 and could foresee yourself doing more than once. Oh, for sure. For sure. I, I think uh, the rule set for Cardi Combat is, is pretty amazing. It is, for the casual fan, a UFC MMA fan who doesn't like the grappling, the, the wrestling, and the guy always yells, stand back up, stand back up. This is literally the rule set for you guys. There's no there's no grappling on the ground. There's some ground and pound for five seconds, and they stand you back up, and then you get to see some super cool spinny stuff knockouts and whatnot so like this is this is the rule set for the the casual fan who loves just exciting excitement non-stop action uh three minute short rounds uh so i, I me being a part of this rule set I, I think it's great i think it's awesome by the way anthony how's the promotion going how's that life treating you oh man it's, it's going great bro i just had uh apfc in milwaukee and uh we killed it bro that was one of my best shows um Financially, we killed we we the best show we've done financially. But just as far as the how smooth the production went, um, I'm, I'm figuring it out. You know, it's my ninth show. Uh, you know, we'll probably do another ten to twelve next year. But I'm enjoying wow. the process, man, and giving these guys a platform. You know, like a bunch of my guys got signed to PFL. We got two UFC guys. Um, we had two Bellator guys, but now in the PFL. So you know, it's it's cool to have that that platform to give these guys you know, the exposure to get to that next level. I love it. By the way, I've done these face to faces a bunch. This is the nicest one we've ever done. Like it. Can you, Benson, can you insult him or something? Can you say something? Like, this is too friendly. What is going on? Can you say something about him? I mean, whoa, 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 some tension. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But would you explain anything different between between us, though? Yeah. No. You, this is what absolutely you not. From us, right? Yeah. No, I, I love it. Both, I love it. Right? Yeah, I mean, we both come from a traditional martial art background, bro. It's like we never fought with the animosity. I mean, only a couple fights where I was, like, angry at the guy that I fought. But usually, man, it's 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 a competition, you know? Like, you know, on Friday night, me and him are going to get our hands at each other. And it'd be a totally different story. And then right afterwards, we'll go be friends again. I love it. Well, you, you guys are the best MMA combat sports has to offer. Uh, I have so much love and respect for you both. It's great to see you back. And it's great to see you guys doing it one more time, at least one more time. Maybe maybe we get a fourth if uh, things go differently for, uh, you know, for, for Benton on Hopefully Friday. Not. So I'm really looking <laughs> forward to it. Fair enough. Yeah, fair yeah, enough. Uh, good luck to you guys. Thanks for doing this. Really appreciate it. No, thank you, Ariel. And hey, make sure Pettis. everybody tunes in live on Facebook. I mean, YouTube free. You know, guys, you get to see us for free on YouTube. Make sure you guys tune into that. We're also going to be on UFC Fight Pass. So make sure you guys are watching UFC Fight Pass. They just signed a deal with them as well. So make sure everybody's tuning in. If you're in Vegas, get the tickets. We're going to put on a show. You guys don't want to miss it. I love it. Look at these promoters. I love that shit. Well done, guys. Well done. Uh, thank you very much for that. And yes, I just got the uh, the word here that uh, UFC Fight Pass uh, will be uh, airing it, and uh, that is very exciting. I also said that um, karate.com is a place where you can get viewing details in your region, and uh, you can catch the free global stream on the official Karate Combat YouTube page. Main event is supposed to go down at around 1 a.m. Eastern. George St. Pierre, Bas Rutten involved in the, um, in the broadcast. Smiling Sam Alvey taking on... Uh, the New England, New England cartel's own Ross Levine, uh, Brooklyn-born, now fighting out of Rhode Island in the inaugural Karate Combat World Heavyweight Championship bout. That's all going on uh, this 
Friday. Guys, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it and good luck to you. Thank you, Ariel. All right, there he is. Uh, Anthony Pettis, Benson Henderson. There they are, I should say. Um, Really cool stuff to see them together. I didn't realize that they were still sitting there, by the way. Uh, It was just kind of going on and on, waxing poetic. We weren't sure. uh, That kind of... Yeah, I you know that kind of warmed my heart. That kind of warmed my heart. Um, can I see that poster again? Yeah, there it is. That's a nice looking poster. Karate Combat 43, Las Vegas, World Market Expo Center. Do they do they have lines for Karate Combat? Uh, not that I've seen. No. No. All right. Um, I wonder who would be the favorite in that one. I saw that one clip of uh, Pettis practicing the kicks. It's getting very dark in this room. I should probably turn on the lights. What do you guys think? Might be that time. Might be that time. Not quite yet. We'll go to the picks now, and then uh, and then maybe we'll uh, we'll light the candles before we go. All right. So that's the story as far as uh, karate combat is concerned. Now let us put two ninety six officially on notice. Let us get the picks from the parlay boys. Uh, shout out to DraftKings already. I did the, uh, you know, the, the ad reads, so we're good there. Let's get right to it. No time to waste. What do you say? What do you say? What do you say, friends? Ah, there they are. All right, guys. Uh, what do we got? Who's first? Well, no time to waste. Uh, Juliana Pena already given us her pick. Alejandre Pantoja, the defending mm. flyweight champion, is who she is going to be go with. Let me throw the rest of the names here into the old randomizer. Still on the uh, still on the sidelines. Can't get it on the screen soon enough. We will have it back. Frank. Yep. We'll be first. I'll go second. Rick is third. All right. Hell yes. What are we thinking, Frankie? I think easy. I know what you're thinking. Are you, are you always in my head here? I don't get it. Because what I'm mm. going to do is go to the main card, go to the main event, and I'm going to get some popcorn, watch it on the watch party. Watch the fight go over two and a half rounds. Bang. I like that one. I like that one. Love you, Frank. it. Uh, surprised we didn't go Jake Paul. I thought I thought that was going to be the whole yeah. uh, the payoff there. I thought you were going to go main event, main card, Jake Paul. You know, this is a um, pay-per-view preview show. I was trying to stay in line with the theme of the show. No, we know no, Jake's going to win. Evil. That's just easy money. Okay. What is, by the way, what are the odds? Uh, Jake sitting around a minus six fifty against Andre August. Really? Is it just six fifty? Huh? You thought it'd be more? Well, I thought it would be more. I mean, everyone's talking about Andre August like he's the guy who you know mows my lawn. Uh, yeah. Around no respect for Andre. Minus five hundred on is, one book. You know, I'm not trying to build up this fight into something that it isn't, but um, this might be the the most pressure ever on Jake Paul's shoulders. You can't lose. If you lose to Tommy Fury, if you lose to Anderson Silva, if you lose to Nate Diaz, there is a comeback. You lose to Andre August, it's over. It's done. What's this Agreed? lose thing you're talking about? Yeah. You yeah, cannot come no. back from this. You can't. Disagree. You can't, you can't even have the KSI fight. You can't even have it. And I don't even think the KSI fight's ever happening, by the way. Can't have it. Couldn't disagree can't lose more. to a guy that no one's heard of. How nobody do you cares about Jake Paul's... Nobody cares about Jake Paul's path through boxing nobody cares about his record he thinks that this is my point do, or him you can't and even do the influencer fights do. anymore of course you can't you even can. do the influencer because his record no, doesn't can. matter losing doesn't matter losing does not matter for does. jake paul he lost to tommy I fury think. it did nothing it changed nothing that's different nothing a pro has fighter. changed he dropped him, he's a pro fighter. 
first of all, Jake Paul and his team are the num the number one people pushing the narrative that this guy's a pro fighter. This guy's the toughest test because he's a pro fighter. Nobody cares about that. Nobody. That's why nobody's gonna watch this. Like the 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 hey, interest hey, hey. in this is is quite bro, low. Bro, 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 bro. Um, and yeah, he's he, <laughs> he's Teflon. This will not matter <laughs> if he loses. And you're trying to keep a job here, you know. Oh. You're going uh, to. That's I my point. Yeah, I mean, the job this, is secure. This, yeah. this is always going to. Ha there is always going to be Jake Paul fights as long as he wants to fight. This will not. This will not. Do, do you feel this that. this fight has similar buzz as previous Jake Paul fights? Of course not. But they know that. No, no they know that. They know it's that. in a smaller arena. This is this is set they're up not, to be a smaller fight. They're not. They're not claiming it's as big as Anderson or Nate. No one's claiming that. Yeah. That would be silly. Um, this is just Don't. him proving that I'm taking the necessary steps to get to the big boxing match for the big world title. Um, and that's fine. I'm just saying you lose this fight, the ramifications are different than losing the Tommy Fury fight. That's all. Disagree. Well, then you can never even have any argument to, to have a world title fight. And I and I by the way I I don't think the KSI fight ever happens. I see the tweets this week. I, I don't think it ever happened. I think the the egos are at a point now where they're just no one's going to give in. I really don't think it happens. It's such a shame. What are let we me, talking about? Five pounds? What is this? Let me do that. Let's do the exercise quickly. Jake Paul loses to Andre August on Saturday. Nate Diaz says, "I want to box Jake Paul again." Everybody goes, "Nah, you lost to Andre August. I don't want to watch it." I don't think so. I think KSI so. says, let's box. I don't think so. No, there's no, there's no way. By the way, I said this about Tommy Fury. I said this about Jake Paul is not a wins and losses boxer. It does not. He does not need to win this fight. It would be great. And I think it would help him I a think ton. I but think I don't it's think it's required. Detrimental. We'll see. All right. I mean, Sorry, I think we all think a win, though. But yeah. I know, but all right, he, moving he on to out, uh, he my gets knocked out by this guy. It's over. Okay, See, now that's a little the knockout could oh. the knockout could if he gets knocked out by this dude quietly, it is over. Mm, it is I don't over. think so. But we'll he see. says he's in it for a world title if he gets knocked out by by Andre August. But he, yeah, but he says that. But over. like, is anybody who watches Jake Paul going? I want to see Jake Paul fight for a world title. No, nobody, nobody Frank, but Jake Paul Frank, cares about that. Frank is. And Damn can I just right. say for one thing? I just went to, uh, and this is a small sample. You're slandering your boy to, right now. I know, it's loose no thing. defense. I just went to speak to about, I don't know, a group of like 140 kids. And, you know, I talked about my career and whatnot. I didn't get a single question about UFC 296. I didn't get a single <laughs> question about the only questions, I swear, that were specific to fighting, that were about fighting, were about Jake Paul, KSI, Will they fight? Is he winning this weekend? Dylan Dennis, Logan Paul. That was it. That was it. Wait. No one asked me about Leon Edwards. No one asked me about Kobe. And I'm talking to 10th and 11th graders. No one asked me about anything MMA related. Uh, maybe there was a Connor question here, a 300 question there, a Dana White question here. But the amount of Jake Paul, Logan Paul, Dylan Dennis, um, KSI questions that I got were, you know, 10x. So... Some t like but I you said, said Dylan Dennis, he lost. Nobody should care about him anymore. No, no, it was like, how bad is he? Or, you know, like, what, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, Even the 10th no, graders are getting shots in. This, um, honestly, I truly believe that this is what I'm saying. Like, these, got, these kids 
the young generation will always care about these guys. It is it is a yeah. renewable resource. They are there. They are extremely hardcore for for these personalities. And I think Jake Paul is Teflon in a in a good way. Like I'm not saying yeah. this to denigrate him. I'm saying this to say like he is rock solid in terms of what he's built. People will tune in. People will tune in. What else we got? Uh, all right. Whose yeah, turn is it? Uh, yeah, it's me. <laughs> My turn. Back to UFC 296 here. Uh, I will be taking uh, the major prospect, undefeated, 17-0, 17 wins, via finish, Shavkat Rachmanov, minus 650. Gets to plus 119 on the old parlay here. And that, uh, that brings us to Rick to close us out. Need a winner. Need to close out the year with a winner. Yeah, easy. Casey O'Neill, lock it in. There it ah, is. There did you hear what I said is. earlier? Did you hear what I oh, said? Oh, I heard earlier? what you said. Yeah. Rewind she, the tape. She literally go back to the. She said, "I'm watching. Go back to, I'm watching to yeah, see go, if New York Rick talking. He's like, we need to clip hi, this off and hi, send Casey. it to her. Hi, Casey. We can cut this off. Go, go back to the last time she fought. What was my parlay boys pick? Ah, uh, yes, it was Casey O'Neill. Casey O'Neill. So, Casey, she has. It's forgotten. on you now. I haven't forgotten. I'm picking her. That, yeah, Let's didn't go, he Casey. pick her last time when when she? I picked her last her first time. Loss? It's on Casey now. Uh, I think you did, but I think she remembers. Time. I think she remembers the time two times ago. See, <laughs> see, but that that was something else. This is my, was, by the way, yeah. this is my life. Against, they remember the negative, and this is this is this is the life. Well, we're we're uh, turning it around. Casey's picking up the dub, taking the parlay boys home, and uh, yeah. Get him back on track. I guess this is the plus 233. That sounds nice. Close right. out the year. Plus 233. That That's a, a nice way to close it out. All right. What else we got? Yeah. My picks. I got a lot of action this weekend. A lot of action. Oh, yeah. Close it out. Love ending the year on a pay-per-view. Hopefully a winning week. Uh, you know, back-to-back losing weeks. Oh, Haven't had that since June. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and say we're not going to close the year out with three straight losing weeks. Uh, and the only way to do that is have a winning week this weekend. I'll start off Randy Brown, Rude Boy. Uh, despite being named Rude Boy, very nice guy when he came here in studio. Uh, six years younger in this matchup, four inches taller, eight inches of reach. Uh, plus, he's just a really solid fighter, man. Ten and four in his last 14, only losing to top-level guys, Bilal's, uh, JDM's of the world. Um, I like him to get this one done. We keep it rolling. Heavyweight. What doesn't say confidence like a heavyweight debutante in the UFC uh, early on the prelims, and that's exactly what you're getting with Shamil Gaziva. I just haven't been overly impressed with uh, Martin Boudet in the UFC. Don't love his finishing abilities at the heavyweight division, and I, I like Gaziva. I think he holds a lot of power in his hands, got a nice rear naked. He's very tired after he got his rear naked on the uh, Contender Series, but uh, at dog odds, and I think he has has the high finishing upside. Uh, I'm going to go with him as a dog. Let's keep it rolling. Andre Touchy-Feely and Lucas Almeida. I'm going to take the under. Not because of Feely. He goes to a lot of decisions, but because of Almeida. Uh, 16 fights. Only one has gone to a decision, including nine career first-round finishes, win or lose, uh, like this one, to go under. Uh, next up, touched on earlier, ATT Alpharetta, Cody Durden. Oh, yeah. According to Jed Mishu, that is where he trains. I'm going to take his word for it. Just down the road from where I grew up. Either way, I know he fights out 
of the beautiful state of Georgia, so I got to support. You don't get this opportunity too often, a guy out of Georgia, especially the Atlanta area, so I got to support when I got the opportunities. Next up, King Casey O'Neill. I am supporting. Yeah. I mean, we, 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 went and went, we went against her once, and we lost. We're not going to do it again. Um, A.K. Lee letting me know that rude boy uh, is a Jamaican term. Thanks, yes. A.K. Thanks for clearing that up, man. It was just a play on words of him being a nice yes. guy. But, uh, you know, kind of got thrown no. off there. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, we keep it rolling. Cody Garbrandt, Brian Kelleher. Uh, I like the... Ability for both of these guys to get finished. Cody Garbrandt uh, still not fully trusting in his chin. He has been knocked out four times. Uh, and Kelleher, five of his seven losses have come by way of finish. Kelleher, uh, Kelleher 15 UFC fights, 10 not going to a decision. Garbrandt, 13, 9 not going to a decision. Let's move to the main card. One last stand, boys. Oh, yeah. One last stand. Tony Ferguson. Plus 310, a little sprinkle, a little sprinkle. The scenes that will erupt from T-Mobile Arena if he is able to pull this off. Training with Goggins been confirmed. Goggins in the corner. I don't know if that's going to make a difference, but uh, watched a little piece with him earlier today, and it looks like he means business. I mean, one last shot. This is it. If he doesn't get it done here, I'd like to see him lay the gloves down. Uh, But I'm going with him. He looked great in that first round. People forget he won the first round against Chandler, too. Let's get it done in the first round here Where's against Patty. Where's that picture of Patty from with the hair like that? <clears throat> uh, UFC.com. Shout out. Great website. Yeah. Uh, let's keep it rolling. Co-main event. I hate to do it. I might be cursed because he was just on the show, uh, but we know that I got the future in on the man. Once many men hits, I won't regret this. Alejandre Pantoja. And still going to be an electric fight. Going to be a very exciting fight. We saw this one happen two years ago. Um Alejandro Pantoja got his hand raised there. And it happened in the second round. So for that reason, I'm going to try to thread the needle. I'm going to also take the under two and a half. Uh, I mean, Raw Dog Roy Val. What can you say about him other than he is complete electricity once he steps in the octagon? Uh, eight of his last nine have gone under the two and a half. And Pantoja is willing to engage in a fight like that. Five of his last nine have gone under two and a half. And we saw the fight, how it played out last time. A second round finish. Uh, could be anybody's game, but... Um, I am going to go with the only two and a half to the main event. I'm going to go with Leon Rocky Edwards. And still wow. to defend the takedowns enough to keep it standing. And maybe, I mean, according to Dave Lavelle, out-wrestle Colby Covington? Is that what they're, is that the rumors going around? Um, I was very impressed the last time out against Kamaru Usman, getting the point taken and still uh, getting the decision victory. Uh, I thought he looked good. The striking looked great. Precision striker. I mean, if, if Colby's going to do it, he's it, the, the way is obviously to just be unrelenting. Kamaru Usman talked about it. He's just going to go for takedowns and not stop until he gets them. But I think Leon's going to be able to uh, to negate them enough, keep it standing, and I, I think he does outclass him on the feet. I think it's going to be a close fight. I think it's going to be an exciting fight, and I do think it's going to be a fight that goes to the decision. Both these guys are incredibly tough, so I will be taking the over 4.5 as well. When does threading the needle? Taking a money line and a uh, over-under go wrong. Uh, and I'm doing it in the main and co-main. That's how you close out the year. Uh, Leon never been finished. Ten of his last 13 uh, have gone to a decision. And the three that ended in a finish, they all ended in the last two minutes of the fight. Uh, and then Colby, seven of his last nine have gone to a decision. Um, one of those ending in the fifth round. So super durable guys. 
Uh, super tough, guys. I, I like this one to go long. Just a couple parlays before we get out of here. The one from last week coming over to this week. A little uh, future prospects parlay, Gary Rachmanov, and then a pacifist parlay. Seven legs of over one and a halfs. Again, I tell you, what could Dang. go wrong? That's it. A lot of action. A lot of action so to close the, out the year. Here. Yeah. I thought it was an all main card, but those are some prelims in there. Oh, yeah. The no, it's, uh, yeah, this is, there's a lot in there. Uh, you know, please go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, also, tune into No Bets Bar. I, I, dare I say, our, our greatest episode oh. ever. We had old oh. Tony Kaladiud on there. I mean, absolutely oh. just top notch stuff from start to finish. 10 we cent 90 Tony? Minutes. 10 cent Tony. Went 90 minutes on the card, dove deep on each fight. And then, like you said, Saturday, tune in. 296 watch party. Can't wait. Oh, yeah, look at that. You got the elf hat and. Heck, oh, you know, Heck's going to be in Orlando, he told me. He's going from Orlando to New York, huh? Wow. Dedication, man. Love of the game. He's going to be at the Jake Paul fight. Wow. Hashtag so for the love of the going, game. Yeah, Saturday morning. Uh, let's uh, let's light that uh, seventh candle. Yeah, here we go. Can I get a theme or anything here, Frankie? Yeah. I'm singing a there it is. There we go. Yeah. Well done. Got a little gentleman bacon collar here, man. I'll show. No, listen, you look fantastic. I mean, my lighting situation is abhorrent at this point. I've seen the I've seen the whole sunset in front of me here. Uh and uh, I'm I mean it's just shadows galore. I'm a little bit embarrassed. You both look super lit up. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously there, in the studio, you know. Made the track in, yeah, no. made, it, made it into the Rick, control how many, room. How many screens you got you there? You guys You're nice from back home. back and forth. I have one big screen. I'm just... Rick's made no. seven Instagram posts since we... There's, uh, there's a lot going on over here, we you know? on here. Oh, because you got These the media day and whatnot. By themselves. All, right. all right, all right. Actually, I haven't um, even touched that yet. Even... You're swimming. I got a You're long swimming. night ahead. Right. I, got a, I got a long night ahead, yeah. All right. Well, I'll let you go. It's time for me to go as well. Uh, guys, enjoy 296. I can't wait to talk about it all on Monday. Um, I am off to uh, do some stuff and then go to Orlando, and then I'll be back in the saddle to watch it all on Saturday, and we'll be back for our final week of shows next week, Monday, Wednesday, two-week break, award show, first week of January. It's going to be a grand old time. For now, though, let us say goodbye. I did all my cash apps. Did I not? I thought I did them all. Uh, thank you to DraftKings. It is time. Yeah. What are you going to be doing before you go to Orlando? Uh, I got some fun things that will hopefully be coming out um, in the near future. You know, stuff that's important to me, near and dear to my heart. Um... Dare I say bucket list nice. stuff, Frank? Yeah. It's exciting. Do you think that we overuse the term bucket list as a society? I don't think we use it enough. Everything should be on the bucket list. Well, isn't technically a bucket list something that you put together when you are, you know, about to say goodbye? Oh. No, it's just something you do before you kick the bucket. That's what I thought. I know, but aren't you only technically supposed to 
you're who not, is you're the not police like, of the bucket no. list? You, you just make it, and then there's things you want to do before you kick the bucket. If you so, make an illegal entry on the bucket list, is, do they come get you? Has the wish list been overtaken by the bucket list? Like, nah. should we technically just say wish list? No. No, no. The things you want to do before you die. That's it. Wish list seems more fantastical. And there's and there's no world where the bucket list can only be written when you're on the verge of passing away? No, no, no. I think this has all been ruined by that one movie, The Bucket List, about two old guys uh, that get cancer or whatever. Yeah, yeah. way to go, movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a bucket list. In any. You ha- you ha- actually have a physical one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's written on a wow. bucket. Wow. Stop. You can only write so much. You should fill the bucket uh, with all the items. Uh, thank you, Dave Lavelle. Thank you to Brandon Royville. Thank you to Murab Dolishvili. Khalil Roundtree, Benson Henderson, Anthony Pettis. Back on Monday, same time and place as the Zippies. I'm out of here.